93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, October 7th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Three people died and a child remains unaccounted for after a vehicle carrying five people plunged into a Delaware canal on Sunday morning. It happened around 940 on the south side of the Chesapeake and Delaware Canal, roughly one mile west of the William V. Roth Jr. Bridge. The three who perished in the crash include an 18-year-old male driver and his relatives, a 16-year-old boy and a 12-year-old boy. A 6-year-old boy who was also related to the driver still remains missing. Police said a 16-year-old girl survived the crash. Delaware State Police said the teen driver managed to get out of the vehicle and save the girl who was also a passenger. He then went back in to save the others but died in the process. The bodies of the 16-year-old and 12-year-old victims were both located inside the vehicle when they pulled it from the water at about 6 o'clock. It's unclear what caused the vehicle to enter the water. Crews are still trying to locate that 6-year-old little boy. Uh, Delaware State Police say the victims lived in Newcastle and Wilmington, and anyone with information is asked to contact police. Terrible. All same family, so young, awful. A groom has been charged with allegedly sexually assaulting his then-fiancé's bridesmaid. The assault happened while the wedding party was preparing for the celebration at a resort on August 30th. Authorities say uh, the bridesmaid The bridesmaids were uh, drinking uh, the couple of days before the wedding. Uh, The bridesmaid said that she blacked out, and when she woke up, uh, she says that her clothes were removed by Daniel Carney, and he was fondling her. Police say a review of surveillance video from the resort shows Carney pulling the woman into a locker room, uh, and she appeared to be extremely unsteady on her feet. According to police, the assault stopped when the bride walked in. Police say the groom admitted to taking advantage of the bridesmaid. Court documents show investigators listened in on a call between Carney and the accuser. Uh, They say during the call, he repeatedly told her he was sorry, specifically saying it was his fault several times. Prosecutors charged Carney on Thursday with one felony count of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse with an unconscious person, one misdemeanor count of simple assault, and another misdemeanor for uh, indecent assault without consent of the other. Uh, The couple did still get married. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) No one one objected when that uh, offer was put before the... uh... Attendees? Who knows? That could have been a thing. I have like, an issue here. Yeah. It says they were at a resort, so it could have been an issue of like everyone's there. Oh, let's just do look. This. We don't want to return these toasters. I... Yeah, let's not this little sexual assault get in the way of our event that we plan <laughs> of our future together. <laughs> well, I, no, I know somebody who did it. They, they, who did that? There was everyone was there, and she was like, "Look, we're not gonna. I, I'm not gonna embarrass, be embarrassed, and oh. turn everyone away." And she did it. She she got married, but then. Um, I don't know if they legally signed the papers or what, but it, it ended like before they went away on the honeymoon and it ended before they got back from the honeymoon. Wow. The big secret, by the way, if you ever encounter a situation like this, is that no one attending actually cares. Right. So, Seriously? So, so yeah. you can, in fact, they will enjoy it more if you get into a brawl yeah. or start fighting <laughs> or accuse each other of things. So this couple that you knew, they just... She decided to... She didn't she, want to be embarrassed in front of everyone but, but that had that's traveled. That's not the question. And, oh, the the question is, is, at one point, did she decide, I don't want to marry you? It was, like, right before. She right found, before the wedding. Yeah, right wow. before the wedding. Like, like she the had day found, of? Uh, maybe it was, like, a couple days. But yeah. people had traveled in, and... Um, did yeah, she, she find out he was cheating on her or um, something? Or? She found something out. <sighs> I, I, yeah, it's Could you imagine having sketchy, to, but... to put on that face to people? Hey! Yeah. Oh man! No, and that's yeah. that's exactly what it was. Like she <laughs> said, she like walked down the aisle and was like, "Oh my god, this isn't gonna last." Like but she, she knew, but she had told him, "Look, we're gonna go through this." Or, oh yeah, or... she said, "We are going through this. You are not gonna embarrass me." 
Wow. And they went through it, and then okay. they... I, um, I would just call it quits. Yes, I'm, are you I'm, kidding I would me? Say to, and I think everyone would understand. You'd have to say, listen, I can't go through this. I won't embarrass you or insult you yeah. by attending something that I know is absolutely fraudulent. Well, you know? The wedding that we, um, that we knew of that got canceled like two weeks before, like, you know... People were scheduled to travel there. Fortunately, they were able to cancel their plans. But that was like, oh my god! Like you know what yeah. I mean? It was like fun gossip. I mean, well, not, sure, not yeah. fun for you them, but mean. everyone else around. You can even take it down to the point: is do you take him to be your lawfully wedded husband? <laughs> uh, no, I do not. No, uh-huh. I don't. Oh, now on to the reception. Yep. <laughs> well, this couple still got married. Who Whoa. knows how they're doing now? Yeah, but he's—I mean—he's fully being charged. Of course. This, so. Former President Jimmy Carter had to get stitches, but otherwise feels fine after falling on Sunday, according to the Carter Center. In a statement, the center said the fall happened at the former president's home in Plains, Georgia, but did not provide any additional details. It was best uh, three out of five falls, right? He was practicing for his MMA fight. Oh, stop it. Aww. Carter and his w- wife, Rosalind, still plan to make an appearance at the Habitat for Humanities. <laughs> Jimmy and Rosalind Carter work project in Nashville on Sunday evening, the statement said. Carter turned 95 on Tuesday, <laughs> becoming the first U.S. president to reach that milestone. Don't tell me that peanuts don't yeah. keep you living long. Uh, so wait, for he lives, Christ's sake. He, he lives in Nashville? No, they were traveling to oh, Nashville. Oh, they were traveling to he Nashville. He lives in Georgia. Okay. You got right. 14 stitches too, man. And at like 95, yeah. I mean, your skin's like paper. Yeah. You and just tear it open. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like opening up a bag of like Doritos. <laughs> you just <laughs> pinch two sides <laughs> and pull. <laughs> and boom. Took, uh, uh, and the tumors or whatever just fought. Yeah. Uh, mind you, he was just having brain surgery. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a lot of times when you get up to be that age... The simple act of falling oh, yeah. can yeah. kill you. Yeah. Absolutely. Most Carter, definitely. the 39th president, survived a cancer diagnosis in 2015 and surpassed George H.W. Bush as the longest living U.S. president in history. He's had some trouble walking after a hip replacement in May, but regularly teaches Sunday school. Yeah, wow. Steve, you know, my, uh, your your dad is, is up there. My yeah. parents are in their 80s, and right now the biggest concern is falling. Falling. That's, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yep. I had no idea it was such a big thing, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, you start to put two and two together. It's like uh, somebody falls over, and then they get they get worn down or sick. Or, uh, there's a whole chain of events that occur. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, so he had uh, 14 stitches, wow. but they said that he's feeling fine. Yep. In sports this morning. The Eagles' defense had 10 sacks and returned two plays for touchdowns as the team cruised to a 31-6 win over the New York Jets yesterday afternoon at the link. Nate Jerry returned an interception for a score, and Orlando Sandricks took a strip sack in for a touchdown in the win. Carson Wentz threw for 189 yards and one touchdown. Jordan Howard ran for 62 yards and one touchdown, and the Eagles improved to 3-2 and two on the season. Up next for the Birds is a trip to Minnesota. They play the Vikings on Sunday afternoon. Kickoff is scheduled for 1 o'clock. The Dallas Cowboys lost to the Green Bay Packers, falling 34-24, to so the Eagles and Cowboys are now tied for first place in the NFC East with a record of 3-2. and two. You! <laughs> In the baseball playoffs, the Atlanta Braves scored three runs with two outs in the top of the ninth inning to come back and beat the Cardinals 3-1 in Game 3 in St. Louis. The Braves now lead the series two games to one. And in the late game, the L.A. Dodgers scored seven two outs 
two out runs in the top of the sixth inning on their way to a 10-4 win over the Nationals in Washington. The Dodgers lead that series two games to one. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kath. Man, are we set to go. We are stacked for a Monday morning. I like it when that happens. Uh, first, let's start with the Word of the Week prize. We have another trip to give away. This is yet another Trip to L.A., and this is for the premiere screening of a Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's October 28th, and that includes two nights lodging in Hollywood and a Paramount Picture Studio tour. Pretty sweet deal. 500 bucks in spending money. <laughs> And more, and you're going to be in L.A. right around Halloween, so there's going to yeah. be some freaky stuff going uh, on there. I love it. Yeah, so Terminator Dark Fate hits theaters on November 1st, so we will have your chance to win that starting with the letter of the day at the end of today's program. So get yourself prepared to head off to Los Angeles. It'll be very cool. Um, we have Money Shark, obviously, and this is our final week. This is it. Five times today, your opportunity to win $1,000. We get the first crack at it, which will be at 8 a.m. So listen up for the word and the information on what you need to know as far as winning that money goes. But let's go. We're on the home stretch. Let's get you that money. Uh, speaking of uh, sports and the, the Eagles, as Kathy did, uh, Brandon Graham, if you didn't notice, his first sack of threes honored the request by Casey Boy. <laughs> And did the Pee Wee Herman dance <laughs> on the field. He mm-hmm. did his version of it. Yeah. It was good. His arms are so big that yeah. they couldn't get all the way around <laughs> behind him. But he did it. And he did it because of Casey. And not only that, Casey and he were uh, had a text exchange over the weekend yeah. just to reinforce. Yeah. Uh, that request. I needed it to stay in his mind. I needed it to be top of the mind. I had little idea. Dude, he was, his wife is in the hospital. She got gallbladder surgery. surgery. I had no, had I known that he was actually going through some stuff, I wouldn't, I would have never sent him a text. Well, maybe it was a nice distraction, but I mean, uh, the fact that he did that is just about one of the coolest things. Mm -hmm. Now I'm beginning to believe you actually one day will have that barbecue with athletes attending. What's funny, and I'll tell him this, is I I told him, I said, if you do it, you'll be on the highlights. And sure enough, at the end of the first quarter, that's the first thing that they went to. They did a slow-mo of him doing the Pee Wee Herman dance. I'm like... So, with that, uh, Brandon's going to give us a call this morning. Yeah. So, so, we'll talk to him about an hour or so and uh, just kind of uh, relive that moment. So, uh, so cool. that'll be really cool. Uh, we also have Cedric the Entertainer on the program, and yeah. we're also going to have a sex doctor on today. Dr. Jen Gonzalez will be joining us. She has got a new book called From Madness Mindfulness, Reinventing Sex for Women. Ooh. Yes. So, there uh, you go. We have a sexpert stopping in today around 9 o'clock. Should be cool. Should on be the whole, a, we like sexpert. A very nice uh, conversation, so we'll see what she has to say. Now, on top of that, now I'm going to have, have to do my best to explain this to All you. All right. We have an emoji code today. Now, uh, this is what's going to be taking place on Wednesday. We have an emoji code today for something that happens on Wednesday. Let's make sure I get this correct, right? No, no, no. There's an emoji code for something that's going to happen today, but it's also going to pay dividends, paying dividends on Wednesday. Okay. So there's going to be a winner today. Really? Yes. Okay, so we will have, what What are we winning today? Well, we have a pair of tickets for the Flyers home opener on Wednesday. That's yes. what it is. Okay. So Casey has set up an emoji code. Is that available now? Yes. And Go you can see that at PrestonandSteve.com. Do your best to decipher it. At some point this morning, we'll ask you to call in with the uh, interpretation of what that emoji code is. It's a series of emojis that spells out a phrase. And you can win tickets to the home opener coming up on Wednesday. Now, 
When we reveal what that emoji code is, you'll want to remember what that code is because on Wednesday morning, our good friend Connor, one of our programming assistants, is going to head uh, to the NRG station at Broad and Patterson. It's the Sepsis station yes, right yeah. there at Let's Out the Stadiums. And he's going to have free coffee and donuts, and you can enter to win a pair of tickets for that night's Flyers home opener. And to enter, you'll need the phrase from Monday's Emoji Code Contest. We'll remind you what it is, so don't worry about that. Uh, But anyhow, you can go to contest at WMMR.com for details. Now, the reason that we're doing this is because on Wednesday, Duncan is going to be giving free SEPTA rides home this Wednesday from NRG Station on the Broad Street Line after the Flyers' home opener. I love this. Pretty sweet deal. And it's sponsored by Duncan. And free rides begin at 7.30 p.m. and run for two hours post-game. So... Um, it's it's a lot to take in, but I'll we'll, we'll dumb it down for you and just give you the the specifics that you need to know. But it's anyhow, a lot of a lot of winning centered around the Flyers. Your yeah. chance to win Flyers home home opener tickets. Just go to PressInstitute.com, check out the emoji code, and uh, we'll see if you can win a little bit later on. Because we are going to do a call in for that, right? Mm-hmm. We're have somebody call in to identify. It. All right. So these things are happening more. We've got movie screening passes, a bunch of other stuff, so uh, I won't waste any more time. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll do a stupid question, give some stuff away there, the entertainment report, and more. Stay with us through the course of the morning. We shall have a good time as far as Mondays go, so don't go far. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an Internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, the stupid question this morning. We'll get you a pair of tickets to see Rent Friday, October 18th at the Miriam Theater. And the question I have for you this morning will go with uh, the Sphinx in yes. uh, Giza, Egypt, near Cairo. Which compass direction does it face? Ah. 215-263-WMMR. The Sphinx that you will find in Giza, Egypt, near Cairo. Which compass direction does it face? 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. And I'll go through some birthdays while we're waiting for your call. Uh, today is Monday, October 7th, and Joy Behar of The View is 77 years old today. So a few years ago, she was going to leave The View because she has this face cream that uh, that she owns the company. Really? And she was going to go off and pitch that, and then I guess she changed her mind. But okay. they were all preparing for her to leave, and then she stayed. Does the does the cream thing sell? Or? Yeah, well, you know, she, she looks much, <laughs> she looks younger than she is, so maybe it does work. I don't know. Uh, she's seventy seven today. Ollie North, Oliver North, Iran Contra scandal figure, uh, celebrating his seventy sixth birthday today. What was his his uh, secretary's name? Um, oh, she I was part no of that idea. whole scandal with Fawn something or. Am I thinking of Fawn Leibowitz? Yeah. She died she just, in a killing accident. Yeah, it was a terrible yeah, yeah, yeah. make me a pot, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, she was part of that whole thing. Uh, there, well, there it is, Fawn hey, Hall. There we Fawn go. Fawn Hall. It was not Fawn Leibowitz who died in a killing accident. No. Uh, <laughs> Oliver North some dates for our friends? is 76 today. Vladimir Putin. Ah! Pooty Poot. Uh, the uh, former prime minister of Russia and Russian president is 67 today. The Pootster. I remember uh, seeing a video of him with Steven Seagal as one of his best buds, you know. They, yeah. They, they train in jujitsu. 
Not only the Pooster today, the Tootster. It's De- Desmond Tutu's birthday. Wow, the yeah. Pooster and the Tootster. Yeah, Nobel Peace Prize winner. I believe the royal family just went and met with him. Yeah, they want him to be on British, the British version of uh, Big Brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, where he lives yeah, yeah. with yeah. other strangers, yeah. and their lives are completely wide open. I don't know what I'm in for. With uh, hidden cameras. Wow. Desmond Tutu. Uh, and you know what? Uh, there used to be a guy on the uh, the Flyers named Rutu, right? Uh, Christian Rutu. He was in the NHL. I don't know if he ever played for the Flyers or not, but yeah, he, he was in the NHL. We used to call him Bishop Tutu. Bishop <laughs> Rutu. Uh, he's uh, 88 today. Tom York of Radiohead is 51 years old today. Here's a band that I um, I know people just adore, and I I just like, and I like them for that. Basically, those first couple of hits that they yeah, had for creep, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they bore me, but uh, some people love them. So, uh, happy birthday, Tom York, <laughs> fifty-one years old today. Simon Cowell of ah. American Idol, and a big birthday for him. He is sixty years old today. So, uh, the X Factor as well. So, his first thing was he was he a record producer? Was that his first thing? What did he do? Yeah, a manager. Was, I don't know if he was a producer or not, but I know he was involved in the music industry somehow right. or another. But I'm not sure exactly what it was, Steve. Uh, so the big six zero for him. Uh, John Mellencamp started off as John Cougar and then went to John Cougar Mellencamp and now is just John Mellencamp. You're a fan, right? I Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen him in concert several times, and it's one of those, you know, every song, you know, all the words to those songs. It's a big sing Like for three hours. Yeah. It was impressed him. There was a, a, a moment right out of the natural when I saw him at Jones Beach. He was there, and he took a, a drumstick and threw it up. Yeah, and there were lights over the uh, like light bulbs. Yeah, cool. seriously. Yeah, I swear to God, one of the lights. Swear to God. Yes. It was wow. Awesome. Wait, why did he change his name so many times? Well, uh, he 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 was first. A uh, manager came to him and was like, "Mellencamp, that's we can't go with that name. We need to change that. You're going to be John Cougar." Same guy who suggested that David Bowie change his name to David <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bowie. Yeah. I forgot the manager's name. And then he, he always hated that. He just couldn't stand it. But it was the only way he was going to get a record deal is if he changed his name. So then after a couple albums, he's like, all right, I'm putting the Mellencamp back in there. I'll be John Cougar Mellencamp. And then um, we'll still know who he was. And eventually he okay. dropped the John Cougar and just went with John Mellencamp. So uh, he's 68 today. Uh, Tico Torres, Tico! the drummer for Bon Jovi, is 66 years old today. Does he still have his kids' clothing line? I think I'm so. It was, it was like um, strollers. Okay. Yeah. What's the name of the line? It's kind of clever, isn't does. it? Oh, no, really? Uh-uh. I it mean, was it was high price stuff. I do like, know that. Yeah, super high price. Too expensive. Like ridiculous yeah. high price for a stroller. Uh, but you know what? I don't remember. It had a clever name. Right, Steve, right, right. You're right, and I, I don't remember what it was. Tico Tuesday? Maybe Tico Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that writes itself. There you right go. There. That's good, dude. Uh, so, really good. Rockstar baby. Rockstar Rock baby. It's not as clever as I thought. It, it looks like he... Well, you can't purchase anything from his website, but it looks like he still has it. Well, that okay. seems a bad business model. Well, yeah. no, I guess maybe you just buy it in the. I guess maybe you buy it in store. Okay, like you have to get it in a store, maybe. Well, I, so he was one of the first, and I remember as a as a new parent, like finding cool like rock things for my kids, ACDC onesies, yeah, you know things like that. They didn't necessarily exist, so he was kind of like one of the first in the market. But like now. You don't have to spend that kind of money. To Are get... you saying he's the Bishop Desmond Tutu of rock? I don't think I'm saying that. 
Uh, you know, and he gets he gets beat up pretty bad as being a, a, just a simple drummer. He doesn't do too much. But listen, he does all the Bon Jovi requires. He, he does just fine. Sometimes so. doing that is all you need. At ACDC, it's the same yep. way, man. Uh, so he is 66 today, Tico Torres. And then the last birthday... Uh, cellist Yo-Yo Ma. Yo-Yo Ma. Is this him? Nice. Uh, Yo-Yo Ma is celebrating his 64th birthday today. Is the whole family named after toys? Uh, I don't know if there's... Yeah, yeah, there's Slinky Ma. I forgot (laughs) about that. Slinky Ma and Boomerang Ma. And Yo-Yo Ma and Boomerang Ma. Jack in the Box Ma. There's the whole Ma family. And Hungry Hippos Ma. Although I was watching School of Rock was on over the weekend. There's a scene where Jack uh, Black is telling the story about how he didn't make it into the orchestra, and he says, but Yo-Yo Ma's little cousin, Nepotiz. <laughs> Where do you get these names, Nepotiz? <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Yo-Yo, uh, very talented, 64 years old today, and happy birthday to everybody celebrating their birthday. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. Uh, the Sphinx in Cairo, Egypt, is uh, facing which compass direction? 215 263 WMMR to Justin we go. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Hey, what's up, bitches? Yo, bud, <laughs> do me a favor. Tell me the compass direction that you will find the uh, Sphinx facing in Cairo. East. East is correct. Uh-huh. And I wish I had a good answer as to why. Well, Megan Fox does, Preston, because if you watch any of those ancient alien shows, they always talk to her about the Sphinx. Oh. And, you know, It figures prominently in ancient alien lore. I believe that it does, yeah. Uh, hang on the line. I think it just hung up on him. Uh, all right, well, hang on. Well, if we didn't can. like you anyway. Uh, and we will set you up with a pair of tickets to see Rent Friday, October 18th, 8 p.m. at the Miriam Theater. And tickets and information are available at KimmelCenter.org. At the box office, number one was Joker, $93.5 million. Uh, set a record for an October opening. Yeah, it's a pretty solid take. Absolutely. Uh, followed by Abominable, uh, Downton Abbey, Hustlers was fourth, and you had It Chapter 2, Ad Astra. Uh, followed by Judy, Rambo Last Blood is number eight. Uh, War was ninth, and the top ten was rounded out with Good Boys. Think about that, some of these movies that come and go like Ad Astra, which they had to have spent a bundle on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's already on the descent, a fairly rapid descent. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We are going to start with uh, Prince Harry declaring war on the British tabloid press, and the royal has filed claims in court regarding the illegal interception of voicemail messages. Now. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't hack a phone. A Buckingham Palace spokesperson tells CNN that this move was made public on Friday, days after Harry had attacked the tabloids for publishing a private letter from his wife, Meghan Markle, to her estranged father, Thomas Markle. We talked about that. Did you hear some of the audio? No. I had three testicles. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. That's embarrassing. Talking to his urologist, it's a private call. And he told him, what was it one yeah. more time? I had three testicles. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the actual... <laughs> yeah. One more time? I had three testicles. Yeah. The actual... <laughs> Royal family. No, not a not a hint of any accent, uh, no, which no. is cast doubt oh. on the validity of the call. I thought that was her dad. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're right. That's no. Harry. No. Uh, the actual findings were reportedly <laughs> made at the High Court in London by Harry's legal team on September 27th. 
A spokesperson for the Sun's parent company, the Rupert Murdoch-owned news group Newspapers, told CNN, we confirm that a claim has been issued by the Duke of Sussex. We have no further comment to make at the current time. Uh, in his original statement, Harry blasted the media. He beat up on him and, and invoked, you know, the the what happened to his mother yes. and, and so on to demonstrate how uh, nasty it can get. So I think he has a, a predicate for sure. all that. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that the accident was caused in part by overly aggressive paparazzi. Yeah, and you can see him wanting to nip this in the bud. Yeah, and so he's going for it uh, through the courts. Now, what you can't do is, if you're a high-profile figure, shut down all coverage. He just asked that it be, right. you know, a little bit more mindful. Yep. yep. Uh, Jersey Shore star Ronnie Ortiz Magro's relationship <laughs> with girlfriend Jen Harley has been tumultuous from the get-go. The pair, who share an 18-month-old daughter, have broken up and made up multiple times, but their latest rift reportedly turned violent. The 30-year-old Ortiz Magro was arrested near L.A. at an Airbnb that he and Harley were renting, according to reports. Now, he was high on cocaine and his temper flared, according to reports. He allegedly hit her and chased her with a knife. Oh, geez. So did you see when they were taking him away from the scene, Preston? Yeah, they had him like they had him handcuffed on this like gurney where he was sitting up, and it was uh, it was clear he was out of his freaking mind. Well, this gets even weirder. Police booked him for kidnapping, but he posted the one hundred thousand dollars bail and was released. Harley was spotted picking him up from jail with their baby. So here's the deal: this is the absolute definition of a toxic relationship. Oh my God! Yes, it's. I mean, there there have been pictures, multiple pictures of both of them with bruises from physical fights that they've had. Mm-hmm. Break up. There, well, there's a chance that uh, <laughs> one or both of them may wind up dead. Yes, I mean, you know, somebody. If 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 this keeps going back and forth like this, that's the way sometimes these things. Did I mi- did I miss a report? Is this the stand, Preston? Is she the last woman on earth? All right. Uh, shortly before his arrest, uh, Ortiz Magro was discussing his sobriety with Us Weekly. He told the mag that CBD helped keep him off booze and drugs. He said that he first tried CBD after surgery. He said, I'd be in pain, and I'm like, I feel good. I don't feel a nasty feeling after. I don't feel like I need more. I feel like it lasts. He said, you know, it's and, and it's not like when you take pills. If you're like, uh, I got to take four now and then I got to take another four. And no, it's like one drop, boom. With the pills, it's like 200 milligrams. That's all you get. With CBD, you can control your own what you want to do. Well, he's a chemist here. You know, I got to say so, though. Uh, Casey, I think you'll agree. That gurney chair looks like a comfortable TV chair. Hey, oh, yeah. Yeah, you can kind of control the pitch on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll look into that. Ortiz Magro also told people that the public's perception of his relationship with Harley is overly negative and that their connection is real oh, no, and they're deep. in love. Yeah, it's He's, clear to anybody. He said they ask, why do we stay uh, with each other? And it's because we know uh, we know what we have is real, he said. And at the end of the day, people don't see what we have. Uh, They see what MTV wants you guys to see. Or the police file footage. Exactly. You're right, man. This is a a toxic relationship. And uh, End it. I urge anybody who's in one of those to do what you can to get out of it. Yes. And and move on. Brandishing a knife. Reach out to somebody if you have to. Oscar-winning director Martin Scorsese ruffled some feathers when he told The Guardian that he is not a fan of Marvel movies. He had said of attempting to watch superhero films released by the studio, I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. 
He directed. He, he continued saying, honestly. The closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under circumstances, under circumstances, is theme parks. So that's what he kind of sees them as. He says, it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And uh, I love Martin Scorsese, but he should shut the f up. Well, that's kind of the yeah. consensus. So, yeah. several people on Twitter uh, and major league filmmakers, Joss Whedon, who directed the uh, the Avengers and Avengers: Age of Ultron, and James Gunn, the director and writer of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, expressed outrage. Uh, Whedon said um, via Twitter. Uh, it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. I first think of James Gunn, how his heart and guts are packed into Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. I revere Marty, and I do see his point, but, well, there's a reason why I'm, quote, always angry. <laughs> uh, Gunn tweeted that he was saddened by Scorsese's response to superhero films, writing, Martin Scorsese is one of my uh, five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film, and I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. Uh, Marvel Studio President uh, Kevin Feige said, maybe it's easy to dismiss uh, VFX. What is VFX? Video video effects? video effects. Or flying people or spaceships or billion-dollar grosses. I think it is easy to say that you have already been awarded in a certain way. Said Alfred Hitchcock, uh, never won Best Director Oscar, so it's very nice getting an award, but it doesn't mean everything. I would much rather be in a room full of engaged fans. Oh, you left out the last part, which was suck a bag of D's. Ah, yes, I didn't want to throw that in there, but it seemed a little arch. Uh, Scorsese's latest film, The Irishman, starring Robert De Niro, hits theaters November 1st and will be streaming on November 27th. I mean, honestly, Marvel raises the bar so high, you cannot say that there is not a whole wealth of emotion and good performances in so many of the movies, and drawing an audience in on that level... There's, there's, you know, so many great scenes full of emotion sure. and great directing. And the Russo brothers, what they've done has been nothing short of phenomenal. I think he probably could have just stopped short of, look, it's not, not my, my thing. thing. Yeah. I, I, it's not my cup of tea. I don't I don't get into these movies. And I think there's a Doc Ock situation going on here, Preston. I think his eyebrows control him. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The inhibitor, the inhibitor chip gave out in his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And they have taken over. Uh, so anyhow, uh, yeah, The Irishman uh, comes out on November 1st. A couple of uh, deaths over the weekend, which are never fun to report. Uh, it was a big one in the world of music news. Yeah, huge. Uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. But you know what? I should go ahead and mention that. That, uh, yeah, Ginger Baker passed away. Legendary Ginger Baker. Of Cream. And, uh, yeah, and he we had gotten word that he was very, very sick. In fact, I think the word was he was gravely ill last week that his, uh, his camp had, had put out uh, some information about that. But he died over the weekend, and... Uh, he he was he was pretty damn sick. He was diagnosed with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, in addition to chronic back pain from degenerative osteoarthritis. Uh, and in 2016, he was forced to scrap a string of live dates after undergoing open heart surgery. So it was no uh, big surprise that he had passed away, but sad nonetheless. And uh, a lot of biggies uh, took to social media uh, to honor him and to uh, acknowledge his passing. Paul McCartney. 
had posted Ginger Baker, Ginger Baker, great drummer, wild and lovely guy. We worked together on the Band on the Run album at his Arc Studios in Nigeria. Sad to hear that he died, but the memories never will. Ringo Starr tweeted, God bless Ginger Baker, incredible musician, wild and inventive drummer. Uh, peace and love to his family. Mick Jagger tweeted, Sad news hearing that Ginger Baker has died. I remember playing with him very early on in uh, Alexis Corner's Blues Incorporated. He was a fiery but extremely talented and innovative drummer. You know, it's funny is because Ginger Baker was notorious for passing judgment on other bands and said you couldn't drag him to a Rolling Stone show. Sure. So yeah. for Mick Jagger to, you know, look yeah. past that. Yeah. Steve Winwood, Brian Wilson, Carl Palmer, Steve Van Zant, a lot of. A lot of big, uh, influential musicians. Mike Portnoy was a fan. Yeah, I believe he it. He tweeted about it as well. No you, kidding. You saw the documentary, right? The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Beware, Beware Mr. Baker. Yeah, so here's a guy who's... <laughs> you, you can't watch without saying, man, <laughs> his life is the, the absolute worst way you would envision a rock and roll lifestyle creating somebody at the end of their lives. That's what he is in this movie. He's yeah. this growling, hissing sort of anti-social thing, yeah. but but that's him. Yeah, he was an a-hole. Do we have the clip of him talking about his reaction after the movie? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, here we go. This is uh, Ginger Baker. So much of what is said about me is just completely comes out of people's minds where they want to invent this kind of mad, violent monster. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, but uh, he was he was eighty. Neil Peart uh, he was one of his first influences. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah. So he you know he he absolutely uh, made his mark in the world of rock music. So I have some more information coming up when we get into music news later on. Uh, other, unfortunately, people who passed away: actress Diana Carroll, Diane, yeah, uh, Diane Carroll, uh, made history as the African American star of NBC's nineteen sixty sitcom Julia. I used to watch that in repeats. She was eighty years, eighty four years old. She was also starred in Dynasty. Yes, uh, she was a stage and nightclub performer. Made strides for diversity when she was tasked with leading a primetime series in a non stereotypical role. Uh, she stayed active well into the aughts, taking on roles in Grey's Anatomy and Lonesome Dove, the series, among others. Uh, so, eighty four years old. That's sad. And then Steve Rip uh, Taylor died. Oh man! I used to love Rip Taylor. I love Rip Taylor. Uh, the and you know what's odd? I thought he died years ago. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It's funny because I had just seen Wayne's World too, and he is one of the big. You remember one of the big gets for Wayne Stock? Um, oh my God! Yeah, he really? Yeah, because because oh. apparently he is worshipped in um, in uh, the girlfriend. What's her name? Uh, um, the, the girlfriend in the movie that's in both movies, the uh, oh, you, attractive yeah. singer, whatever her name is, um, he's revered in her home country. Tia well, Carrere. Tia, Tia Carrere, Carrere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rip... T- uh, oh, that's funny. Rip Taylor is revered. Uh, is he in Jackass 2 or 3? I believe I he know. is, yeah, because those guys liked him as well. He became a fixture of 1970s game shows with his outrageous antics, flamboyant style, and signature confetti throwing. Which I always found funny. His, I mean, I he, always he found the confetti in, funny. Not just simply like handfuls, bags yeah. full of confetti, wailing around, waving, smashing mm-hmm. the audience with the bags of stuff, and that was his thing. He was 84 years old. He spanned more than 40 years and encompassed Broadway, Las Vegas film and television. Either you loved him or you hated him. Uh, born Charles Taylor in Washington D.C., he got his start as a stand-up comic playing clubs in the Catskills. After he had served in the army during the Korean War, can you imagine Rip Taylor? No, no, he was obviously. I think he was with the uh, like the USO or something like that. That was part of. His, I can't imagine him in that foxhole. Okay, 
But uh, we, we have audio of him, and to understand why we liked him so much, this was his case. He was always, the way uh, Todd Glass makes fun of himself yeah. mid-performance, yeah. that's what he, Rip Taylor would do. Here we go. Hope a dog in heat falls in love with your shin. Now pay attention, please. <laughs> friend of mine going bald. I said, why don't you get a transplant? I saw him a year later. He had a heart on his head. <laughs> Last night I went to dinner with some friends. We ordered duck and I got stuck with the bill. <laughs> they can't all be gems, you know. <laughs> Ever have a day? Everything I touched today turned to caca. I had a caca day today. I tell you the truth. You two, first of all, I slept right through my nap. I missed the whole damn nap. <laughs> and my pet rock wet on me. There's three more of these, but I won't do them. And he's, he's literally he's peeling off his jokes exactly. and throwing them away. Yeah, yeah. There's a new electronic game for beer drinkers called Six Pack Man. <laughs> I crossed an elephant with a hooker and got a two-ton pickup. Yeah, kids! Oh, you got that one, didn't you, Phil? Today is Toulouse Lautrec's birthday. And I bought him a belt and I said, is that belt too tight, Toulouse? <laughs> You're missing a hell of a show. They're, they're groaners. They're yeah. total yeah. groaners. And he would sometimes cry yes. when people wouldn't laugh, and he would beg them to laugh at his jokes. <laughs> uh, but he, he was he gay? He had to. He be. had to be. He gay, had to. Right? Be. Yeah, he was. I, I, he, okay. He's bisexual and gay. He was married uh, to a woman for a stretch. Uh, okay. This is an interesting quote. He was um, the grand marshal of the uh, Capitol Pride Parade in 2005, you know, gay pride parade, and he was referred to as openly gay. And then he wrote an email to uh, the person that wrote that article and said. You don't know me to summarize that I am openly gay. I don't know you're an open. Uh, you're not an open heroin user. You see how that works? Think before you write. So I don't think you took umbrage with it, but uh, okay. it wasn't just. He's not summarized entirely by being right. a gay performer. Understood. Yeah. And he was uh, so he like you like you said, Casey. He transcended um, like to the Jackass crew. To, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, throughout the degeneration, he became this sort of. Um, transcended character, which is so weird that he would be the one. Yeah, he went on to make some two thousand guest appearances <laughs> on shows such as The Hollywood Squares, Match Game, The Gong Show, and Super Password. He was tailor made for game shows. Oh yeah, like yeah. That. So that's sad news. Uh, let me see some other things. Hey, we were just talking about last week. It was Rachel Lee Cook's birthday, and we were going. She hasn't done anything in ages. Well, she's going to star alongside Damon Wayans Jr. In Love Guaranteed, a Netflix original that she's also producing. I have a feeling we had a hand in this. I, I think, think so, she's too. probably heard a podcast and said, I really need to get off my ass. And <laughs> we've had Damon Wayans Jr. in here before. Yeah. Yep. So uh, so in, in every way possible, this is basically our production. The story centers on Susan, which is going to be played by her, who That's takes, a good name. takes on too many pro bono cases. She's a, a lawyer. And uh, to balance the books... Uh, or balance her book, she takes on Nick, who is Wayans Jr., a high-paying client who wants to sue a dating website. How convenient. We have a Nick on our show. <laughs> How about that? And they uh, that character's name is Nick. So, we talk about her not doing anything. She does a movie. I, I probably agreed with you guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. See where so we're going? That should be cool. We'll see if that, uh, we'll see if that ends up happening. All right, this is, uh, uh, and I don't know the status. This was horrible to hear. Billy Baldwin is sharing sad news about his 17-year-old son, Vance. He wrote a year on Instagram, a year ago today, my son Vance was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. He was 16 years old. He kept it very quiet. We all did. He went through 28 rounds of chemo, yet stayed very positive, focused, and kept his life as normal as possible every single day. And he shared a screenshot of his son's Instagram indicating that he has been clear for months now. Oh, my God. So that's good. Baldwin's wife, uh, who is China Phillips uh, from Wilson Phillips. Yeah, and, yeah. 
uh, added our baby, our hero. So I did what, what, not know that. What kind of cancer do they? Does he they, mention? That's all that I have. I so, don't really know. Steve. But at this point, he's clear. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Baldwin and Phillips also share uh, Jameson and Brooke together. So wow. hopefully he is uh, fully on the mend. Uh, on Saturday, Amy Schumer shared some pictures of her five-month-old son, Gene, and shared how excited and nervous she was to return to work. The 38-year-old wrote on Instagram, Five months a day. And like all moms, I love them so much it hurts. I'm feeling strong and good and like I'm still a human being with interests and ambitions and goals I'm excited to reach. It's felt good to be back at work. I was so worried about it and was afraid to go back after he was three months old. A couple of days I've cried from missing him, but it's mostly good to be back and the breaks energize me to be a better mom and appreciate our time even more. Uh, so she is happy, and she's moving on. She's starting to work again, which is cool. And then one last story. Uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines are opening up a hotel in their hometown of Waco, Texas. Honestly, on a Monday, this is the best news I could possibly hear. <laughs> I thought I'd had you in mind yeah. when I, I mean, picked Waco, this. I mean, Waco, you know you know me in Waco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always there. I love to go there and see the uh, site of the Branch Davidians. Way to go, Waco. <laughs> Uh, the Fixer Upper stars announced their plans on uh, Joanna's Magnolia website. Oh, that's my favorite website. Uh, she wrote, Chip and I are thrilled to share the news that in 2021, we will be opening the doors to a boutique hotel in downtown Waco, Texas. We are, without a doubt, firm believers that home is the most important place on earth. You know what boutique hotel means? Uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> You ever stayed at a boutique hotel? What do you mean uncomfortable? They're just they, they, listen. The, it's really interesting decor. The, all all the boutique hotels I've stayed in, but the beds are usually small. The mattresses rock hard. The amenities are <laughs> like b- b- bed and breakfast. Stuff. It doesn't make yeah. yeah. They're I've not always, always like that. I've stayed at boutique hotels. So the yeah. Marriott owns a chain of boutique hotels, okay. and those are you're going to sleep in a Marriott bed. Okay, it, it's not. But yes, it was very interesting decor. It's not. Um, Cookie cutter. Yeah, I don't want to say, like, up to the standards of. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I think there's also... A it's new- like sleeping in an Ikea, I've found. Yeah, I'd like to do that, actually. Yeah. Well, I don't not if uh, Joanna Gaines is uh, taking care of this. Okay. I mean, if you're saying the, she's curating up a hell of a room. If it's a Joanna and Chip Gaines that I know, yeah. everything is going to be, like, the best. <laughs> the best. All right, so, and, you're, and it's it's fully Branch Davidian-inspired? Totally. Okay. Totally. So she, she said that we are... And pictures of David Koresh in every room? Without a doubt, firm believers that home is the most important place on Earth. Uh, but we've also learned that home can be found beyond a physical dwelling. Oh, She's cool. right. She's right. Com- home is where the heart is. And if your heart is in this boutique hotel, then you're, that's, that's your home. That's then your you're home. already home. Uh, it encompasses more than the place where our mail is delivered. Oh, boy. Listen, it was either that and I did, or, or one Kardashian story, <laughs> which I decided better. to go Kardashian-free yeah. today. Thank and we you. have a tease on what it would have been. No, because I... Then you ruin it. And then I'd ruin, then you ruin it. it. Yeah. And I'm doing right. it just for the people that absolutely hate it when we talk about them. We love to talk about them because it's so much fun to beat up on them. But I'm going to... I'm thinking of you today. Okay. Oh, okay. And then we're not we, going to force your hand. You know what's funny? Is there... Like, I don't know how anybody could hate Chip and Joanna Gaines, but there are people Oh, there are people who hate them. I, hate I assume them, yeah. that the people whose family members they've killed. <laughs> anyway. By the way, Kylie Jenner and Tyga were spotted together. No! Oh I think you're Liar. referring to the story that seems to indicate that they are actually back together now, right? <laughs> We're going to move along. 
Three years after Batman mysteriously disappears, his cousin Kate is forced to step up and save the city of Gotham in the new series, Batwoman. In this clip, Ruby Rose talks about what it was like to become the vigilante for the first time. When I put the suit on, it was like a second skin, you know, and it's it's always fun at Halloween or kids' parties or whenever you dress up as your favorite superhero, but it's sort of different when it's a real suit and it really, no one else can wear that suit. It, it fits only me. <laughs> Batwoman airs uh, Sundays 8 p.m., on the CW, has it started yet? Yeah, it's the okay. second episode, and I uh, I watched it last night, and it's it's good. Um, it's um, you know there, uh, I got just inundated. The DC universe on television has been it's just so much. Yeah, uh, that um, you know, like even the Flash, I've 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 sort of broken away from because it just it got too much. And uh, there's only honestly so much of your life you should be devoting to watching DC shows on the CW, right? Uh, well, that one's on Sunday at 8 p.m. Let's do the next clip. The third season of The Good Doctor continues tonight with the young staff prep, uh, preparing for the biggest moments of their careers. In, yeah, thank you. In this clip, Freddie Highmore discusses what we can expect this season. The exciting thing about season three is that the residents are getting their first opportunity to have their first surgery. And so we will see each of them in whatever order the story ends up taking us in, going on those first surgery journeys and and seeing where it takes them. Yeah. So The Good Doctor airs tonight, 10 p.m. after Dancing with the Stars on ABC. So it's a Monday night, and that means Kate. Yes. I don't know if she's dancing tonight or not. I believe she is. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, you have to vote. when you vote, you have to vote during the show. Yep. We have to put our support behind the wonderful Kate Flannery. Uh, so that is what I have for yes. you entertainment-wise this morning. Uh, we have a lot going on. We're going to do Money Shark. This is the last week of Money Shark, so heads up on that. Cedric the Entertainer is going to be on promoting The Neighborhood, which is on this evening on CBS. And we have a uh, a doctor. We have a sexpert coming in today. Dr. Jen Gonzalez is going to be stopping in the 9 o'clock hour uh, to talk her book about uh, reinventing sex for women. She's probably amazed at the wealth of knowledge we have about sex. Probably. Yeah. She mainly wants to talk to us. Yes, get information from us. From us, us yes. yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, that, and when we return, Brandon Graham. Yeah! Three sacks yesterday, right after talking to us, and actually did, for Casey Boy, <laughs> the Pee Wee Herman dance. He did it per request. So we'll talk to Brandon about that, and maybe it's his new signature move. We'll have to see. We'll take a break and come back in a second. Make sure you stay with us this morning. 93.3 WMMR proudly supports the inaugural Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa, Sunday, October 27th. The event benefits the Philadelphia Police Foundation with a run through historic Old City to 30th Street Station and back for a post-run festival at Penn's Landing featuring food and beverages courtesy of Wawa. Awards for top finishers in multiple age groups and fun for the whole family. Click events at WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up. Sunday, October 27th. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. We got this thing going on this morning with an emoji code, and it is chance for you to win tickets to the Flyers Home Opener, and that is on Wednesday. Go to PrestonAndSteve.com and check out the emoji code that Casey has come up with, a series of emojis that spell out a phrase. Decipher it. 
Hang on to that answer because later on we'll ask you to call in and we'll give that designated caller with the correct answer. Tickets to the home opener on Wednesday. I can't believe it's hockey season already, man. And uh, don't forget that this is courtesy of our friends of Duncan. Now, Duncan is giving away free SEPTA rides home this Wednesday from the Energy Station, the Broad Street Line, which is right there at the at the stadiums. You know where we're talking about. And it'll be after the Flyers' home opener. So you be you will be able to get a free ride home. It's pretty cool. That's deal. awesome. Yeah, exactly. And then our buddy Connor from our uh, programming department here is going to be at that location Wednesday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. And just to promote the fact that there will be free rides at night, uh, he's going to be handing out some free goodies. And we'll remind you of that. And you can be entered to win some tickets while he's there, too. And you'll need to know the emoji code, but don't worry about that because we'll remind you of all that information uh, later on when we get set for that. Uh, is our guest ready to go? Yes, yeah. Sir. Okay, excellent. So, um <laughs> Eagles had a big game. <laughs> they did. Uh, nice blowout. Um, and it started in the first quarter with one of three sacks from our next guest and honored the request. <laughs> Perkin, what made you think of asking him to do that anyway? Uh, well, I just wanted him to do some sort of a celebration, something okay. that was easy to do, yet it would stand out and wouldn't get him flagged for... Um, uh, you know, a penalty. Showboating and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. you were right, actually, as so often you are with these things. And uh, I came back from walking my dog, and I on social media had blown, <laughs> blown up. Blown up, I know. Yeah. with yeah. This. <laughs> Went crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you missed it, Casey had asked uh, Brandon to do the Pee Wee Herman dance <laughs> if he made a big sack in the game. He made three sacks in yeah, the yeah. game. Uh, so it's only appropriate that... You know, we play this music as we welcome him. Please uh, give some love to Brandon Gray. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Oh, my God, man. I can't believe you did that. Oh, man, that was cool. That was cool right that there. That was great. It was the third play in the game. It was the third play. And I listen to me. I have to be totally honest with all of you guys. I didn't see it happen live. I was still driving home from picking up my lunch. Okay. And as the and I was listening to the game in the car and uh and they they are on defense first. I'm like, "Oh my god." I'm like, "I think I, I I think the TV and, and that I'm watching at home is um Recording. on the NFL network and it's not it's not on the actual game." So I'm texting my son. I'm like, "Dude, Go turn the game on right now. Turn the game on right now. I'm like, whatever you're doing, I stop what you're doing and turn the game on right now. And then I hear it, third and nine, Brandon Graham with the sack. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening to me right now. Like, I cannot believe this. And then I start getting these text messages. Dude, he, he effing did the dance. He, and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't actually see it happen live. Uh, but thank God my mom was downstairs watching the game, and I was able to rewind her TV and watch it. What was going on in your mind, Brandon, when you actually uh, made that sack? Um, well, I told I told Fletch that I was going to do it, you know, <laughs> but I told him and I told him I was going to do it on the second one. So on the first one, when I got it so fast, I was just like, some, I, I heard somebody say Pee Wee, Pee Wee, and then I ran over there and then I did it. But Get I told out of here! I was going to do it. <laughs> I told people that I was going to do it. It was so funny because I was tripping and everything. I was about to do my dance at first. And then they say, Pee Wee, Pee Wee, because I told a lot of people that I was going to do it. Oh, my God. Well, you weren't really that familiar with it. And you, so we sort of reminded you, and then you, you sort of you know remembered and, and, and got the deal. But uh, it was clear as clear as day. But, you, you I mean, the, again, 
uh, 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 yeah, Brandon, it was a nuclear reaction on social media. My, my all my stuff started going off, and and everyone had already, thanks to DVRs, had already isolated uh, the the clip. So I honestly think, and the question has to be, yeah, is as Casey was hoping, is this going to be your move? Oh, man, that's cool right there. I got to learn the whole dance. Too. I was like, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to remember all of it. But let's just do the beginning. Yeah, the beginning is all you need. Everyone everyone recognized yeah. it. And, I mean, honestly, how prescient and wise of Casey to ask you to do it against the Jets? Because that, they just are not... They're not good. Three, three <laughs> sacks against that uh, offensive line yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, you have an incredible season. But it, it was... What's the mindset for the team going uh, against you got the, the the defense had ten sacks in total yesterday. You had three of them. You know, is it just treated like it is every other you know every other team, or, or or do you look at the Jets a little differently? I mean, you treat the teams like any other team, but you know you got some opportunities out there. You yeah, know? and then um, and then you know you put you try not to put the pressure on yourself, saying like, oh man, it looked like we should get some sacks because mm-hmm. you know. That's how it, that's how you that's how they want you to think. But you know, um, no, we we went out there and we was like, look, you know, we are gonna go out there, we are gonna play. They got Le'Veon, we gotta make sure that we we stop him because that's number one. And then um, you know, we we should be able to get what we want um, if we if we do that. And uh, I think we did a good job of that. Now we'd be remiss if we didn't ask how your wife is doing because we know that uh, I think it's a gallbladder surgery. Yeah, she's calling me right now, actually. But uh, you know, I'm um, I know um, she she just want to make sure that I'm okay. Okay. I, I had to w- I had to wake baby girl and them up, and then you know because uh, you know I'm I'm the I'm you know got to make sure that uh, I take over everything you know while she's in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. If my wife were in traction, she would still find a way to call me to make sure that <laughs> oh, I take care of the kids. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's true. Because I'd mess something up. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry for, for texting you. I had no idea that uh, that this was going on in your world. Uh, I, I wasn't No, nah, but it was cool, though. Honestly, it was cool, man. Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm happy that she was cool because she was more mad about not being able to go to the game. And then when I got done with the game, she was like, well, maybe I need to do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to push it too far. But, yeah, my dad had that. Uh, I, I assume it's the same surgery, and it, it's 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 fine. It's completely fine. Pretty so, routine. Yeah, best best wishes for her. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's this morning, so I'm going to take baby girl to school, and then I'm going to go up there with her. Uh, All right. And wait. Very oh, nice. Man, you're a good family man. Yeah, good yeah. family. Father. You know, does the peewee dance when I we totally ask. I totally picked a great best friend. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> don't don't make this yeah. something he regrets yeah. now. Yeah. By the way, I was I was right because at the end of the first quarter, um, they you know the CBS did a montage of of the plays that happened in the first quarter. The very first thing they showed was you doing the Pee Wee Herman dance. And I got to say, they didn't show any of your other celebrations after any of your other sacks because they weren't as dynamic as the, as the Pee Wee dance. Hey, that was funny, though. I, I'm glad I did it first. I appreciate y'all throwing it out there. I give y'all all that credit. Oh, oh thanks. Oh, you, 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 you just killed it yesterday. It was awesome. Have you ever made a promise like that to anybody in the past? Because Marissa was telling me she was hanging out with Sebastian Latou, who played for the uh, Philadelphia Union. And he had said to her, when you make a promise like that, it sticks out in your mind. And, and you I don't necessarily think you play harder, but it but it's definitely in, in the forefront of your mind. Have you ever done anything like that before? Um, honestly, not the not the big promise that we have. Like I hear people say requests, hey man, you know, I know it'd be cool it'd be cool if you do this. <laughs> and I'd just be like, Oh man, you never know. You yeah. know, and, but 
but we got we got deep into it and I was like, uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it and I was just looking at it and I was uh doing it and then even people in the training room like, you know, uh was, was doing it with me you know, uh, as I was practicing. As I was practicing. They was like, Did you gonna really do that? I was like, you know what? It ain't that hard, you know, and I'm like, if I if I if I if I actually do it, you know, it, it'd be fun. So uh, it, it was unbelievable. Great, it man. was so hilarious yep. to see it, yep. and it was such a great head. So, all right, well, listen, Brandon, we know you're busy with yeah. your wife, so you got to get your girl off to school. So we'll let you go ahead and do that. But we we could not pass up having a chance to get you on and saying thank you. That was really great and and wonderful game, by the way, man. The D killed it. So. Uh, congratulations. Hey, so whenever I do it, so whenever I do it, y'all know I'm just, you know, shouting y'all out. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're the man. You're the man. Hey, You're the man. Because y'all kick-started my three-sack game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Have a good day, man. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah. All right. Brandon Graham, guys. Yes. Wow. He could be your best friend. He should be my best friend. You know what? This is, uh, I think we're, we're overlooking a really important thing. Have you ever said it, it all the years, and, and you posted a picture on social media over the weekend, Case, a little black and white picture of you yeah. as a little boy yeah. wearing a, a jacket with the Eagles logo on it, you know, just proving that you've been you've been bleeding green since you were, you know, knee high. Uh, and have you ever affected anything that's ever happened on the field before? Never. Okay. So this is a big deal. <laughs> this is You actually, you actually never, had ever. an effect of something that took place during a game. No, and, and I've never. So one time, a couple of years ago, Jason Worth was uh, in town. He was playing for the Nationals, and I yelled, "Hey, Jason, thank you for 2008." And he tipped his cap to me. And so, like, that's like maybe the closest. But that was actually like before the game. So right, this was on the field. Yeah, in yeah. play. Yeah, you know the. The joke that started with Mac writing the letter to Chase Utley, right? On a, on it's it's hilarious. Yeah. On it's always sunny. They're kind of like great friends now. Yeah, maybe this thing, which sort of started as a joke <laughs> with Brandon Graham, will lead to you guys being good friends. Well, I mean, because he's he's such a nice guy. He's a really he's a fat, nice like, guy. Like I think you guys oh, have a lot God, of. What did I start? <laughs> what did I start? I think he's going to make Philly his home. You know, yeah. I, nah. I mean, he's listen. The guy is just categorically, or you know. The interview was so good. He's just a regular, you know, cool guy. And and uh, the, the I fact that all that dinner. his wife is, you know, with the surgery, yes. and he's got the game, and he remembers to do that. That says a lot. Oh so. my gosh, I should, I should, I gotta send them a gift. You, you, send you them. need yeah. to send yeah. something. Yes, we'll I was. Send something I mean, on I was, half of the show. I was going to ask for a gift. I was going to ask for a game ball. Ask him to send something <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah. Thank you for doing that for me. Send yeah. me something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a game ball. Well, I kind of feel like I was re- half responsible for the uh, for the three sack day. But, he said uh, it. You, we, yeah. we kick started his his three sack <laughs> his three sack run here. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll have uh, maybe we'll have three sacks and three testicles. Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He might uh, he might end up. I like had that. three testicles. Yeah, we can only hope for the best. Wow. Uh, well, that was cool, and that was cool of him to call us uh, today. Yeah. I mean, the dude worked yesterday. His and, wife and is on the other line. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to call him yeah. while he's talking to us. <laughs> that's that's a great oh, man. Yeah. Not a great husband, but a great man. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's really awesome of him. Well, listen, since we spent a chunk of time uh, talking to Brandon, we only have time to talk about a little bit of stuff uh, leading up to and getting ready for uh, our final kickoff of or final week of of Money Shark. We kicked that off this morning at eight o'clock. But I saw this interesting sign. 
uh, that there are signs that are popping up in the Canadian Rockies that need to show international visitors how to properly use outhouses, how to properly take a dump. In an outhouse. In an outhouse. Not like a like a porta pot, but like a legitimate straight up outhouse. Yeah, so the reason that they have installed these toilet etiquette signs, it shows users actually sitting on the toilet seats as opposed to standing on them. Okay. Okay, so I gotcha. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, because they don't want people straddling and missing the um yeah, but right. the, the reason they have to do this, though, is the fact because that um, in, let me see where it says it here exactly. Yeah, some public toilets in Asian countries and the Middle East are pit latrines, yeah. Oh, yeah. which require users to squat over an open hole. <sighs> and so they, they're, they're seeing these and they're confused and they think they have to actually stand up on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's pictures of of there's little silhouette yeah. shots of people standing on the toilet squatting and crapping. Really funny. Although Kathy, it looks like you would probably I use like that technique. One hundred percent. I don't even think there's anything wrong with that. No. <laughs> so what 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 is what is again to to dissuade people from doing that for fear of falling in? That's part of it, but yeah. it can also it can break it. You yeah. know, I mean, your weight is not uh, distributed the same way. You have all of Could your you weight. Imagine that. Over in one area, yeah, and it says uh, there's a risk of falling in, which no one wants, but standing on a toilet uh, can lead to a broken seat or a broken seal at the bottom of the toilet because weight is higher up than it should be. Have you? Uh, do you know anyone who's ever been to a country where they have a, uh, a crap pit? I yeah. have. You have? Where? Uh, it was in, we were traveling around Europe and at uh, essentially rest stops Yeah. Uh, on on the, the Autobahn. I remember pulling in, and I see a hole in the ground and two painted footprints on either side of the hole. Really? No and I'm like, seriously? Oh, my God. I have to do this? And wow. I, I didn't have to take a dump. What country? God. I, it was either we were coming from Italy going to Germany, so. Wow. Somewhere they, within that. There was toilet paper? I don't remember. Probably, okay. yeah. Yeah, my friend just spent a lot of time. Dead squirrels. It was crazy. She had uh, wanted to do some soul searching and went to India and Nepal. And spent a lot of time in there. I'm, I'm talking, she was like 18. She, she was a cheerleader in high school. Okay. And then she was like, just it wasn't doing it for her. And she went over there and spent like years. I'm going to Nepal. Dude, like, I'm like, why did you go yeah. there of all places? But, you know, when she came back, it was an interesting conversation we had. But that's when I found out. Yes, squatting over and, uh, you no know. No toilet whole, paper? No toilet paper. Yeah. Um, you know, just using water and splashing it. And, and your hand. Yeah, with your hand. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, like, you're supposed to do it with your left hand. Yep. And that's why, like, you know, you don't shake hands with left hands. You don't do anything, you know. No, I just kill so, myself. Socially yeah. with this your This hand's left for hand. cleaning poop. Right, yes. Yeah, so, which so that's your poop knife hand, right? And I don't do anything else with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that's messed up, right? Mm. But they probably... They probably Recoil at what we do here with Probably. All the and all that stuff. Yeah. Let's make the world go round. Yeah. How you poop. So they've had to actually, <laughs> I think it was Tony Bennett yeah. who said that. That's how you poop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they've had to actually put these signs up for people to explain to them that they don't they don't need to stand on. <laughs> I've been to Nepal. I've been toilet. all around the world. Yeah. But I want to crap where my heart belongs. And where's that? San Francisco. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go to Michelle real quick here. Hey, Michelle, good morning. Uh, Michelle, are you there? She fell in the hole. I guess so. It says here she grew up with a hole in the floor to poop in. Hello? In America? Hi, hello, Michelle. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, I grew up over in Tehran. In Tehran? Yeah, in okay. Tehran, yeah. Tehran, Iran. And we had two two bathrooms. 
we had our, you know, the typical one with the tub and the toilet. But the other one was kind of like a broom closet, and I had the hole, and I had the porcelain on the floor, and I had a, there weren't foot, there, there weren't footprints on the porcelain. It was kind of like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, ridges. Pardon me, where you would place your feet and just kind of squat down and hover over and do your thing. So the, 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 there were uh, the the uh, it was porcelain though around the the rim of the uh, around the hole. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow, man! Imagine if you have any sort of arthritic condition or you have any sort of yeah. knee problems. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, is there a rope to hold on to? Is, was there a what? Like a rope, a rope from the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> you just if you got yeah. bad knees, yeah, you just hang on to the rope, right? No, no, there was no rope. And if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, there was a hose in order to wash it down, and that's how you were kind of like a. You know, instead of toilet paper, you would use that. The hose. Wow. wow. Are you, are you wow, Iranian, wow. Uh, Michelle? Pardon me? Are you Iranian? No, no, no. My brother was born over there. I was born here. Okay. Huh. And that's interesting. So no indoor plumbing, uh, or at least for that. Now, did they ever have to clean out the pit that you were doing your business in? No, I think it went down the same hole as the other toilet. Went it went down. into the apartment below them, Press. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the reason why our apartment smells. <laughs> uh, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Right, thank, thank you, you, Michelle. I appreciate wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I need to, I should really look into getting the uh, the toilet that we had at the resort we stayed in Hawaii. And Steve, it's, it had the bidet, oh. had a heated seat, had a dryer. Do you know they've, they've actually rebranded the bidet? I forget what they're calling it now so that more guys will buy it. But they're calling it like a, a bro day. Like, like a bro day or <laughs> like, a, like an ass irrigator or something like that. Uh-huh. Bro but it, day. But it's, it's they, like that would work because yeah. they're afraid. You know, but you can buy. It. I bought it as a bidet, and I love it. Wow. Oh man, I hate going into a public toilet and sitting down on a warm toilet seat. I, I hate that. It is kind of weird. It happens here all the time. Right. You know, you sit down, and you're like, oh, a couple man, of seconds. Well, you've committed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, is this is fresh. But you know, it, it really is, and it's almost like in the dead zone when you, t- you know, he would touch someone and he could feel. But you know, yeah, oh, there's a tinge of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> Like a, like a flash of uh, the, the, the guy waking up and kissing his wife and uh, the guy who was there before you. And, yeah. and then you see he committed a murder. It's like unbreakable. The ass zone. <laughs> well. uh, I guess technically these are, these are things that I noticed. Oh, really? We just kind of happenstance? I didn't mean to go into the noticer. The noticer noticed he didn't mean to go into the noticer, but we, now he's noticed that we are in the noticer. We just don't have, we have, we have a small amount of uh, window of time here. This is the bunny shark. Yeah, and that's coming up. So, how about this? Huh. Uh, popular baby names change, and the Social Security Administration is predicting what baby girl names would be most popular in 2020. Usually, when we talk about names, it's a list of the these were the most popular ones of the last this year. Is this Social is, Security yeah. Department is predicting. Yeah, Social Security Administration has predicted the baby girl names for 2020, and the top baby names for girls are currently. This is currently. All right. Emma, Olivia, Ava, M, and Emma. Wait, why Emma? Emma, Olivia, Emma, and Emma. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, Emma, Olivia, and Ava, and Emma has held the top spot for the last five years. Uh, usually they key off there. At least there's a little bit of keying off of pop culture. Is there any name that correlates I, to that? A little bit, yeah. yeah. So the, the organization also tracks names that are rising in popularity and say the top five on the rise right now are Megan... Dior. Dior, oh, like the uh, designer? Uh, yeah. Adelie. Huh. Uh, I haven't heard that name in no. ages. Palmer. 
and Oakland. Do you remember the hmm. year that the top female name was Precious from a book by Sapphire? No. Okay. Okay. I can't believe Megan. Like that's wrapping back around. Yeah. 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 I like it. It's yeah. the Megan, full I... Irish spelling of it too. It's uh, M E A G H A N. Yeah. Well, I had a, a friend growing up that was Megan. You know, like I have a friend now that's Megan. Right. Uh, but she was specifically she and was... she was very Irish. And so Megan is not. Megan with a long A. Megan. Yeah. Okay. Except some people do say Megan. Uh, yeah, Megan. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, my God. That's the name of Spell the Irish Way. Yeah. Uh, Steve does this awesome <laughs> Megan impression where basically his knees buckle backwards yeah, and yeah, leans yeah. way back. You always have to look like you're f- about to fall over. Yeah. Uh, the website Nameberry notes that more and more girl and boy names seem to have been inspired by gemstones, saying that names like amethyst, emerald and its derivatives, uh, ruby, onyx, and pearl are on the rise. I like the name ruby. Um, pearl just for me conjures like a uh, either mini pearl, yeah, or um, yeah. Per, you know, of course, just, the obvious go to pearl s buck, or an yeah. old, but that's again, that's like an older woman's name. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. pearl. So is ruby. How many times you in a strip club, and now on the center pole, <laughs> pearl. <laughs> Hi <Yeah>. everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna show you my hoochie mama. <laughs> <laughs> little yeah. bit of this, little bit of the old butt cheek. Am I getting you horny? I thought you were going to play like crazy bitch or something like no. that. No, but you went. I'm old, a crazy bitch. Old school. <laughs> I don't mind that. That's my nicotine patch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a crazy bitch. <laughs> 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 on the center pole. Pearl. Uh, other names gaining popularity are inspired by food, believe it or not. Food? Yeah, so some of the some of the names in the food department. Sandwich? No. This is my daughter's sandwich. This is Hoagie. <laughs> well, it's Hoagie Carmichael. Hoagie Carmichael was, was actually, that was uh, Ian Fleming's first choice for James Bond was Hoagie Shut Carmichael. Shut up. He was, yes. Wow, okay. Mm. I'm trying to name is Carmichael. Name is Carmichael. Hoagie Carmichael. Like the sandwich? Um, no, the names that give us examples are kale, kiwi, um, and maple. Knock no. it Come off. on. I'm okay with maple, actually, but all Maple's the other okay. ones can eat it. Yeah, kale. I have a friend named kale. Well, no, kale's Do you? a male name, yeah. yeah kale Beers, he's a... C-A-L-E. No, K-A-L-E. K-A-L-E. Yeah, K-A-L-E. yeah, but I, I've seen Kale written. Uh, I've seen My the... friend spells his name K-A-L-E. Does he? Yeah. Interesting. You could do that. But Kiwi? Mm. I kind of like that. Spinach? All right. Here are... Uh, some are coming from... Uh, Broccolini? Uh, <laughs> broccoli. Name's Rob. Broccoli Rob. <laughs> the name is Rob. Broccoli Rob. Uh, no, and they come from... They're going to come from nature as well. Dawn... Aurora, which ah, I always Aurora is a lovely name, and uh, Rainbow. Which, hmm, that right? sounds very hippie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's too much. Double Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, double oh. Rainbow. When I was at uh, Dorney on Friday night, uh, I did the monster truck. Our driver of Megalodon, her name was Brandy, and of course, what a fine. Girl. Well, that so I did that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting next to her, and I'm like, "Hey, what's your name?" She's like, "Brandy." I go, oh, you're a fine girl. And then I immediately apologized. She yeah. goes, "Actually, I'm named after that song." 
And I said, that's great. I said, I'm named after a song, too. She goes, oh, what's your name? I go, I'm Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> she <laughs> lost it. So I was like, oh, my God, I should totally hang out with you. You think my stupid jokes are funny. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> Just give her a week. But when I, I know, right, Kat? When I was leaving, I was like, hey, nice meeting you. She goes, it was nice meeting you, Stairway to Heaven. Oh. And, yeah, so okay. I made an impression. Wow. Yeah. Very Are good. you guys dating now? Or? I think no. I like her. I'm married. <laughs> I think I, I like her. Have I got a guy for you? <laughs> All right. Do you and- like snowblowers? And by the way, for. Oh, these are all girl names, by the way. Do you like snowblowers? What else did you do at Dorney? And and first, uh, names for girls as well, maybe popular boy names given to girls like Stevie, Max, Drew, and Ryan. I've always liked those, uh, like Stevie and stuff like that. Charlie for a girl. For a girl, yeah. Um, they're, they're, it's just a sense of playfulness and yeah. a relaxed attitude towards sex. No, no, <laughs> Jason Kelsey just named his daughter Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt. I Wyatt's like, a cool like name, that. too. Yeah. 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 I, th- I like the idea of a girl named Max. I don't know why. Hmm. That seems kind of fun. I've never heard of that. My friend, a girl's name. I have my friend named Melissa, but for ages she's just gone by Mel. We just call her Mel. My neighbors named their daughter Newt Gingrich. Wow. Which I think is, is a departure. I thought it was going to be Michael Dukakis. <laughs> no, 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 I got dibs on that. <laughs> Newt Gingrich. Can you please name your next cat Michael Dukakis? I will. Please. I will. Yeah. Yes. You guys Michael cats left and right. You got to name Done. one. He's like running out of it. No, it doesn't. It's like hurricanes. I knew someone whose cat, I kid you not, their cat's name was Strom Thurmond. Strom. <laughs> I kid you not. What like is the derivation Strom. of Strom, by the way? Strom. Strom Newt. No, yeah. Strom Bully is his full name. <laughs> He's Italian. Yeah. What was uh, Beth Gardner's cat's name? Sir, Sir, Sir Sean Connery. Sir Sean Connery. Connery. Right, no, yeah. no, no. Mr. Sir Sean Connery. That's it. Yes. That was the name of the cat. So, uh, But interesting. So that's these are what they are predicting. Yes. Will be popular girl are names. Are they doing anything as far as providing people financial resource once they retire? Of course not. Oh. They're, they're busy with girls' names <laughs> at the social Social Security. Oh, yeah. We do that, too. Administration. So, um, all right. I think we should go ahead and break now because okay. we want to try and get back for. Should we do that now? or should... What do you think? Or do I have time for one more? Does the notice have time to notice something else? You do have time for Executive one more. Executive producer Casey says yes. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. How about notice this? I did that acapella. You did do that. There was no music behind. By the way, we went to a skating rink over the weekend. We go to skating. Oh. Been doing a lot lately. You did a lot this weekend. Yeah. Inline 309 is where we go skating regularly. My daughter loves to, to go roller skating. And somebody put this song in the jukebox. Uh-uh. Really? Stranger Things. I'm like, really? Did you make any social media posts about that over the weekend? Not over the weekend. All right, because no. I had a roller skating dream last night. That's weird. Isn't yeah. there roller skating in this version of um no, in this season? I don't or am think I having so. a brain fart? I don't think so. Right. But listen, when it, so I I put in some, and my daughter likes to play Twenty One Pilots. Yes, on, yeah, on yeah. The jukebox there. So I'm like, I'm going to put one in for me. So I put in Rapper's Delight. <laughs> oh, did you do it? I didn't realize it was like the 20 minute version of that song. <laughs> and I skated my ass off. I think I had a blister on my foot too from it. But, wow. Uh, but yeah, I was like, God, this is. Uh, Okay, this is old now. This is going on forever, and the kids were looking around going, can we get something yeah, from this century, back, please? Stranger Things again. Possibly. Speaking of Stranger Things, sorry to loop back, but nah, the, go ahead. there's a, a female character named Max on that show. That, You're right, that the redhead. Red yeah. 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 She's great. I guess her name is Maxine, but she goes I think by so, Max. yeah. She's really cute. She's, she's great. She's going to be, I think she's got a career ahead of her, so... 
All right, interesting. All right, anyhow, uh, how did I get on roller skates? Oh, it was the music. The music. That's what did it. Um, so the last episode of The Golden Girls yes. aired more than 25 years ago, but the classic sitcom still has pop, pop culture cred with Target's collection of Golden Girls Halloween costumes Already sold out just days oh after gosh. they went on sale. They're that popular still at this point, the yeah. Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. The $70 costumes inspired by characters Blanche, uh, Devereaux, Rose, Nyland, and Sophia and Negan. Petrillo, and Negan. And Dorothy... You girls want to go to the early bird specials? <laughs> yes. All right! <laughs> It's a pretty timeless show. Little Danny's. It's still funny. It holds up. There, there are shows that, that fade into obscurity, but this, like, the writing on this show is still really funny. Uh, so, wow, I didn't realize it was yeah. still that popular after they, all this time. They sold out immediately. Uh, so they sold for about $70 each, and they have wigs designed to look like their hair, which were being sold separately, and I, they're also sold out. Okay, so I, the funny thing is here, this just looks like a bunch of old women going out for lunch. Right. Yeah, yeah so it, there's really nothing that indicates, you know... It, it has to be a little bit more pronounced as to... Well, yeah. and it also would have to be a, a group. Yeah, if it, it has was, to be together. Especially if it was just one, then hey, you'd think she's just an old woman. I'm just an old woman. Four of them, the, you'd understand it a little yeah. more. Hey, look, I'm an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, old lady. Hey, you look Fish old. Your pants. Yeah. <laughs> you probably pee a little bit every time you laugh. Ha, ha, ha. I'm an old lady. I'm an old lady. <laughs> Kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, on, on a, a fun fact and side note, and I don't know if it pertains to either or, but ABC is doing a thing like the old cast week. So every one of their sitcoms has old cast members from another classic sitcom. So the Goldbergs has like four or five people from Cheers on it this week. Really? And so uh, like from a Drew Carey cast is on another show. Oh, awesome. And uh, so throughout throughout the week, I thought it was a pretty cool idea. That's fun. Well, that's, what's weird is Goldbergs is ABC. And, right. And, and Cheers, Cheers was, was NBC. NBC. Huh. Yep. Go figure. Uh, no word yet if Target is going to be restocking, but some of the custo- costumes were available in limited supply over the weekend at Walmart, Amazon, and... Uh, what is this? TonyK.com, I guess. Oh, is that an online store? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a Tony Canal from No Doubt. <laughs> oh, really? He's branched thing. out into costumes. Yeah. I did not know that. All right. So, anyhow, if you wanted that, you're you're out of luck. But, okay. Uh, it'll be restocking them. All right. That's all I had time to know. That's all for the notice, sir. I just wanted to squeeze one more in there real quick. Uh, I have a whole lot of Bizarre File stories that we're going to get to when we return, but I also have a whole lot of passes to the screening of this movie, Gemini Man. It's the new Will Smith movie. Uh, the screening is tomorrow night. It'll be in King of Prussia at the Regal Theater. Uh, opens on Friday, but I'm going to need at least nine callers at 215-263-WMMRCS. Stayed away from 10 there. Yeah. Make Bill happy. Nine callers, 215-263-WMMR. We will give you the movie passes. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with the B-File, and we'll also come back with Money Shark. It's our final week on that. Get ready to win the money. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR Philadelphia. A Beasley Media Group Station. MMR's Money Shark. My God, we're almost done with this jingle. Uh, this is our last week 
of Money Shark, so you have been warned, and now is the time where you want to enter the word air. That's our keyword, A-I-R, air. And you have until 815 to enter it via text to the special contest short code number, which is 45911, or... You can enter using the MMR mobile app or the contest page at WMMR.com to be entered for a $10,000 grand prize. You're going to get a call if you're randomly selected in this nationwide contest and you win $1,000. Complete contest rules are available from WMMR.com. The word again is AIR, A-I-R. Good luck from Horizon Services and WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre all right, brought to you by The Bowery Presents. Comedian Mark Marin returns to Philadelphia on Thursday, October 10th at the Miriam Theater. And tickets are online at KimmelCenter.com. Police are asking for help identifying a man dressed in a shark onesie who shoved a McDonald's worker. The, a shark onesie? Yeah, the suspect walked in with five other people. Police said from the time he entered the restaurant to the sus- that the suspect was acting strange and pacing around. Casey, you have one of these? I have one of these, <laughs> uh, but I was not anywhere near Texas. All right. Uh, or the, so you say. The man went to the register and said that he should be able to get free food because he lost his wallet. <laughs> oh, I think that's good. a when, good plan, right? When workers wouldn't give him free food, he stormed outside and paced some more. The staff told police they felt like he might be a threat, so they locked the door while the rest of his friends finished their food. The suspect began banging on the door, demanding that one of the girls in his group let him in. The manager explained that if they let him in, they would have to leave. Well, all four gathered their belongings, and they headed outside. But as the suspect's friends prepared to get in their car, the man went to the door and began banging on it. Workers opened the door, police said, to make sure everything was okay, and the man began accusing them of stealing his wallet. Oh, man, so it was them. He even tried forcing his way inside, but the manager blocked his path, and the suspect violently shoved her. Another worker showed up to help and close and lock the doors. The group left in a silver car towards the highway, and they're looking for this dude in a shark onesie. Where does a shark keep his wallet? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe in one of his gills, I guess. Uh, on September 5th, Tokyo Metropolitan Police officers arrested 35-year-old Yuki Endo, who had broken into an apartment. Endo had infiltrated the home in order to steal panties. Mm. After previously stealing two pairs of panties that were hanging to dry outside a separate first-floor apartment in the area. Don't they have vending machines in Japan that dispense panties? That's been known to happen, yes. Yeah. Uh, realizing that Endo had a particularly strong desire to acquire women's lower half undergarments, police searched his home and discovered 78 pairs of pilfered panties. Wow. In giving his official statement, Endo told investigators, and listen to this. Okay. This is as plain as you can get. I did it for sexual satisfaction and thrills. Well, there's no arguing at that point. While also showing that he's pretty into that part of the body, which panties are meant to be worn over, he added, I'm interested in women's butts. This guy is not holding back, is he? But while Endo is fessing up to uh, filching a, ver- need a lawyer. veritable mountain of panties, he made it absolutely clear that he has never had any criminal intent regarding the other half uh, of a full set of laundry, explaining, I only stole panties. I have no interest in bras. Don't admit to anything. Too late. That's all he had to say. <laughs> well, this lawyer is really playing hardball. A Manhattan attorney is suing Chelsea Pierce for $100,000 after a faulty batting machine sent a 75-mile-an-hour fastball straight to his groin. Oh, my God. Injuring his left testicle. 
Oh, my balls. Uh, Ethan Brecker said that his left... I had three testicles. Now you have two. Yeah. Uh, says that his left gonad could become infertile <sighs> and even wither after he was beaned in the beans at the trendy batting cage. There's your new band name, Withering Testicle. Uh, he stepped into the 75-mile-an-hour batting cage for the first time after having practiced all summer in slower cages. He said, I picked up the bat, take a step. Today's going to be the day. And I'm feeling really good. And all of a sudden, I was blindsided by a 75-mile-an-hour ball that hit my in- the interior of my right thigh and ricocheted to my testicle, and I fell down in agony. Oh, my balls! Claiming that nine more pitches were lobbed in his direction as he lay on the ground in agony. He said it was the worst pain on a scale of one to ten. It was like a billion. It's like a billion. It's like a billion. It was gone in my ball. He said it was unimaginable. It was like a billion. Uh, Brecker, who was... What's that on the roof, I hear? Not wearing a cup. It's a pitching machine. uh, Said that he was taken by ambulance to the emergency room where an ultrasound was performed that found bruising and internal bleeding. Oh, God. Billion. And his leg and testicle. (laughs) He said, I had to take Oxycontin for seven days because of the pain. Uh, adding that urologists warned that there could be future atro- doctor. atrophying or infertility in that testicle. So he's uh, he's suing them. Wow, for how much? Billion. Uh, well, a hundred thousand or a billion. <laughs> I'd like to represent you in a court of law, Rambo Esquire. A Mount Sterling, Kentucky man is behind bars after authorities say he was staggering along a highway. While trying to smoke gravel, <laughs> how do you even start? Was he putting it like a like a pipe? He must have been putting it in a pipe. So he smoking was gravel, trying to smoke gravel. Uh, the sheriff's office announced that 52 year old uh, Kenelm Davison, of course, was arrested Wednesday after deputies received a complaint of a man being intoxicated on US 421. I come out of the mountains to smoke some gravel. Deputies say they saw Davidson staggering in a parking lot when they arrived. He was trying to smoke gravel. <laughs> what did he heard about gravel? I don't know. Davidson was charged with public intoxication of a controlled substance. Or was his mind that if I'm the first to find out you can get high off gravel, mm-hmm. I have all this gravel at my disposal. He was smoking some rock, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a quick search. Apparently it is a synthetic drug as well. So gravel is? Apparently. Maybe that's what he was trying to smoke. You know what? Then that's what it's got to be. They, they just didn't indicate in the story that that's the name for it. I'm thinking rock. Gravel. On the road. Of course you would. <laughs> but, all right. Oh, so, we stand corrected. Oh, now yeah. it seems legit. Well, at least we all learned something. Yeah. Here. Now, you can. You actually can smoke gravel. That's mm-hmm. the uh, the brand name. Yeah. Uh, sold at better stores everywhere. It's, a, right. uh, it's a mixture of bath salts, methamphetamines, and clonopins. Oh, so, wow. count me yeah. in. Yeah. It's like the best of the best. All right, and then we'll end with this It's story. like Neapolitan ice cream pressed. You get all yeah, three. Yeah. Uh, this is a cautionary tale. After the familiar nightmare about oversleeping and missing a final exam or a big job interview, waking up usually brings relief. But for 21-year-old DeAndre Somerville, uh, the nightmare came after he actually overslept for jury service in a Florida courtroom. A judge later punished him with a 10-day jail sentence. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The judge sentenced Somerville to the jail time plus one year of probation and 150 hours of community service after he failed to serve on August 21st. Somerville was released Sunday, has a hearing scheduled for Friday. Now, he works at an after-school program for the Parks and Recreation Department. He received his first-ever summons for jury duty over the summer. It was also his first time ever going to the courthouse and sitting in a courtroom. He described it as a little intimidating and a little boring. So after a day long of sitting and waiting, 
Uh, Somerville said that he was picked to serve as a juror on a civil case and was told to return the following day at 9 a.m. Right. But he missed his alarm. He woke up around 11 or 11.30, and it was almost time to head to his afternoon job. So he didn't bother going to the courthouse or even calling the bailiff. He just hoped that it would all kind of work out. He said, Are you planning on coming in today, Buttercup? He said, at work, I was looking on my phone thinking, what's the worst case scenario that can happen? I thought maybe I'd get a fine or something like that. He lives with his grandparents and helps care for his grandfather who recently had surgery and has trouble walking. So he was out playing basketball when his worried grandmother called to say that there was a police officer at the door with a court summons. Uh, He said, my grandmother said, just go in and be honest. I've never had a criminal background, never been arrested, never been in handcuffs. The most I've ever gotten was a traffic ticket, so I was thinking it wouldn't be that bad. Inside the courtroom, he said, the judge, John Castoranicus, explained to Somerville's uh, negligence, delayed the court by 45 minutes. He said, they handcuffed me in the courtroom after that, and he spent the next 10 days in jail. Wow. said his first jail experience wasn't scary, but he prayed daily and wrote in a notebook. He said that his public defender will try to lessen his probation sentence, which he called excessive at Friday's hearing. So whatever, man, he caught the judge on a bad on day, a bad day, just not having it. Saw it as a sign of disrespect. So jury duty. Yeah. If you're if you're called, go. Yeah, <laughs> just go. And that is what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. Case, uh, let me give some more of those uh, movie passes away. Gemini Man, because okay. that's tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, I can take five callers. It's a Will Smith film. It, you know what? Let's take eight callers. 215-263-WMMR. Uh, 7.30 at the Regal King of Prussia tomorrow night. Doesn't hit theaters till Friday. So let's get you on board. 215-263-WMMR. A couple other things. If you missed the uh, the Money Shark word, it is air. You got a couple of more minutes to enter that. A-I-R, air is the word. And also... We have an emoji code. We have your chance to win tickets to the Flyers home opener, uh, which is coming up on Wednesday night. So Very nice. Go to PrestonandSteve.com. Check out the emoji code. Decipher it. Later on, we'll ask you to call in, and maybe you will win. And this is a courtesy of our friends from Duncan, who, by the way, are giving away free SEPTA rides Wednesday after the game from the NRG station right there at uh, it's the Broad Street line. So it's right there at the stadiums. And you can get a free ride home. How about that, man? for the Flyers' home opener. And we have another thing coming up on Wednesday where we'll be giving away some more tickets. I'll get you details on that down the road. Let's take a break. We've got Cedric the Entertainer on the show. We also have a sexpert, a doctor, Dr. Jen uh, Gonzalez, is going to be here. Uh, she's got a new book out, and we'll talk about that as well as other things. We'll be back in a moment. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have an emoji code this morning. Chance to win tickets to the home opener for the Flyers game on Wednesday. So take a look at uh, PrestonandSteve.com. We have... The code there that Casey has put together, decipher it, hang on to the uh, what, what you think you have solved it as, and we will ask you to call in a little later on with a chance to win tickets to that game. And that's courtesy of our friends at Duncan, who are also offering up SEPTA rides for free Wednesday night on the way home from the game. So that will be 
right there at the NRG station on the Broad Street line. Uh, it's going to be free rides basically for the two hours after the game's over. It's great. Uh, so that's on Wednesday, and that's courtesy of Duncan. But check out the uh, the emoji code, and we will see if you can win a little bit later on. Uh, I have a list here for you, and uh, it's very interesting. This is from Business Insider. They have identified the 50 most miserable cities in the oh, United no. States using census data from 1,000 cities. And of the 50... Nine of them are in New Jersey. Wow. Nine what? are in New Jersey? Yep. Wow. Does any other state have that many cities? Actually, yes. California has 10, believe it or Yay! not. Which I was surprised. Uh, but New Jersey was second oh, with nine. Man. And Florida has six. What okay. are the judging parameters? So the report took multiple factors into consideration, including... Jug handles? No. <laughs> Population change, percentage of people working, median household incomes, percentage of people without health care, median commute times, and the number of people living in poverty. What about blueberries? Uh, they didn't even bring up blueberries or tomatoes yeah. or corn, which they should have. Or archaeological digs. New Jersey's wonderful for those things. Yeah. Uh, but some of these, you know, you're they're f- obvious. You're familiar with, yeah, and, and would say, yeah, okay. Um, but I'll I'll give you the list here, and I'll start from the highest up. Number four is uh, Passaic, uh, New Jersey. All right. Uh, number five, and then I have the reasons if you want here. <laughs> but Passaic, <laughs> my uh, ex girlfriend lived in Passaic County, and did they list that as a reason, Preston. No, I was going to say the county itself <laughs> is actually. Really nice. I mean, it's like mountainous and lakes and all that sort of stuff. But uh... well, here's what it says: Passaic has seventy thousand residents. Fifty-eight percent of people working, uh, and a third are living in poverty. <sighs> what percentage, David Casey? Its youth council said the city had problems with drugs, violence, and poor sex education. <sighs> Number five is Newark, New Jersey. Now it's much bigger, 282,000 residents, 62% are working, 28% are living in poverty, and the median commute is over 35 minutes, and also uh, race relations and violence are a big problem. Uh, Number eight, Camden, New Jersey. Camden has 74,000 residents, nearly 57% of people are in the workforce, and 37% live in poverty. The average household income is the lowest on the list, by the way. Is, is Camden turning around at all? I've, I've seen some sort of promising well, things in the, the news. When we, yeah. like, you know, the, that Subaru headquarters is yeah. super nice, and that's right, and it's right across from um, Campbell's. So the, They're you, taking stabs at it, right? But we've also driven past hookers to get there. Yeah. Well, it's also been known as one of the most dangerous cities in the country, too. Yeah. So the, the crime is, uh, is very high. Number 11 is New Brunswick, New Jersey. Hmm. Isn't that where Rutgers is? Uh, you know what? I don't know. 56,000 residents, 54% of people are working, 35% are living in poverty. The city has had a problem with crime. In 2017, the city's assaults involving guns rose 64%. I think what they need to do is they need to build more donkeys, right? <laughs> Donkeys. Is that the, the place with the uh, cheesesteak? What's the place? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh donkeys. Yeah, donkeys. I place. thought you yeah, meant yeah. like a... Like you know, animal, animals? Like Lucy the Elephant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Build more of those. A giant Large donkey, donkey statues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Union City, New Jersey. I don't know where that eh. is. It's not wonderful. North Jersey is yeah. number 15. Number 17, Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah, that's... I mean, they just can't Dude, catch I, a break there. So when we, <laughs> when we were picking up some 
family members, you know, when the Swedes were in town visiting, they they came in, they had to fly into New York, and they took Sweet. a train. They took a train down to Trenton. I haven't been to Trenton in a while. For we're going reason. to the train station, and I'm like, let's get these guys and get the hell out let's of here. Go, go, go. Oh, my in God. The car. Yeah. So, um, it's got an airport. Growing up, I lived in uh, Levittown, Pennsylvania, so we would, when we would take the train into New York City, um, the closest train station would be Trenton, and we did go out of there plenty of times. You know, we had family in New York, so a lot of times we would take the train instead of driving um, the horrendous drive there. Right. But um, just like, I think it's, I want to say maybe like seven or eight minute drive is Hamilton train station. So um, after a little while, like when I started to take the train by myself, my parents were like, don't go to Trenton and park in Trenton, (laughs) go to Hamilton. And it's like a beautiful train station. It's safe. Mm -hmm. It's like night and day. So it's just, and it's just a A few minutes up the road, a few minutes up the road. So if you ever have to do it again, have them get off at Hamilton. Go to Hamilton. Uh, Neighborhood gangs have been known to fight one another, and gun violence is a problem, apparently. I saw a gang documentary the other night, and and those gangsters appeared to be dancing. They appeared to be jumping around to choreograph numbers. Were you watching um, (gasps) West Side Story? Story? You know, know, it did take place on the West Side. There was a murder, Uh, was there not? A stabbing murder? Yeah, yeah. 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 But this lovely young lady came forward. And seem to be able to convince everyone to put their knives down and, mm. and, and try for something better. But I, I don't know. It's very powerful. It spoke to me. It's mainly poverty. I mean, that uh, when, when, you, when you get into a, an area that you feel comfortable in, it's generally because it's, it's poor. It's run down. It's, you know what I mean? And people seem more desperate. Well, the influence of drugs and gangs a lot yeah. of times. Well, you know, it, it, they, they never use that in a pitch for a place. No. Conveniently located near drugs and gangs. Uh, here we go. There's a Texas says Rutgers has campuses in New Brunswick, Newark, and Camden. <laughs> this is three. from a Rutgers alum, by the way. These are three of the places that are on this list. Okay. Uh, the other places are Patterson, Patterson, New Jersey, uh, West uh, New York, New Jersey, and Plainfield, New Jersey. Huh. And Man. the only the only location in Pennsylvania is Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Reading was, pre- I remember years ago. 38 on the list. So, wow, uh, wow. It was, I think it's, I don't know, it's pretty dicey. They used to have the outlets. That was, you go to the Reading for yeah. the outlets. Yep. Well, why, why Missing and Reading used to be, I mean, Reading is the county seat for Berks County, and uh, Why Missing was where there was a lot of money in that area, and both of those have gone downhill. Uh, Taylor Swift is from Why Missing, so they got that. Yeah. Is that enough? Is that enough to carry a town? Nick? It is not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Is it enough to make the gangs put down their guns? But it's funny when you go to places like that and you see where old money used to be. Oh where, yes, where there are mansions and like West Philadelphia, like there born, are places <laughs> born, born and raised. raised. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but no. If you're near the zoo and you see some of the the Those old, beautiful the, yeah. old homes yeah. that have just fallen into complete disrepair because there used to be money in West, and Philly. then and then yards away you got wild animals. Yeah. <laughs> That's the zoo. Oh. Well, Chester at one point was the county seat of, uh, of Delco. Yeah, of Delco. Yeah. And was... my, my mom, who lived in West Philadelphia, they used to go to Chester to, like, shop and stuff. Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah. weird how things like that change. And mm-hmm. you will you see an area, to your point, Nico, that was at once a moneyed area where the aristocrats would live. and, uh, and uh... Yeah, but I was in Phoenixville on Friday night. I do I, First Fridays, almost every Friday this summer. And that Phoenixville, oh, my God, it was depressing in the 80s and 90s. I grew up in Paoli, and you wouldn't go to Phoenixville because it was so run down, and there was a lot of drugs, and, and it just was not a nice place. And now Phoenixville is a great town. So there's hope for places like this, especially when there's infrastructure. It's just yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know the rhyme and reason why why some of these places fall into disrepair and can't come out of it, and some <sighs> some are able to. Yeah. Honestly, there's only one morning show that can ch- turn it around, and it's us. That must be. <laughs> Obviously, must it's be. been put in our laps for a reason. So. One, one of my early uh, radio jobs was in a town called uh, Jefferson City, Missouri. In fact, that's where Cedric the Entertainer is from. He's going to be on in a little while. And I lived about four blocks from a prison. Uh, it's all I could afford. This you do pro- right now, don't you? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my wow. God. That's all I could afford. <laughs> you're right. And you when, you were, you do. when you were in Delco, you lived near the prison as well? The George Hill Correctional? Uh, you just love prison. That was a youth man. prison, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, that's... um. Oh, Glenn Mills. Is- oh, no, no. You were you were near the, the yeah. youth prison as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing you always... When you, you look for a home... Uh, how are the schools? Yeah. And am I close to a prison? Yeah, how are the how's the prison system here? <laughs> Can I walk? No, but listen, I, I lived in just a few blocks down from the prison, and I was in a pretty, I, I wouldn't call it, you know, like high crime area, but it was, yeah. it was cheap, and, and that's why I lived there. But, I mean, I, I remember being around people that were, like, desperately poor, yeah. and I just always felt uncomfortable, and you'd hear stuff at night, and I'd be like, ugh, that's you know, nice. people yelling at each other, and... It's horrible, you know, yeah, you know and it's, yeah. it's, it's, you feel, you know, but I mean, you, you would like to think that at some point these areas could turn around. Yeah. So yeah. it's like point, pointing about Phoenixville. Yeah. Turning around. People are pointing out that I'm wrong about why I'm missing. Apparently I that's, thought you were as well. Yeah. yeah. Apparently that's still really nice. So I apologize okay. to the residents there. Okay. Uh, Williamsport, um, which is uh, where Lycoming College is, their mascot, the school mascot is the millionaires because of the amount of money that used to be in that part of the state. And. Now, I don't know what the per capita income in Williamsport is, but it's probably not millionaires. Okay. Well, anyhow, uh, Jersey has nine spots that are considered the worst places in America to live or the uh, the most miserable cities in the U.S. I thought for sure when you were going into the list it was going to be here in PA because we, um, we always are at the bottom of the list. Yeah. We actually fared pretty decent. We did okay. So that's not too so bad. So thank you, New Jersey. You know, technically, these could be stats from the Just Saying Institute. Because wow. I, they, these are statistics, and I haven't had a chance to uh, really bring... I, I do have some other things I could mention, if you don't mind. Oh, because yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's worth bringing up the Just... Located on 200 acres of <laughs> sprawling, wonderful ruralness, the Just Saying Institute is conveniently located in the mountains of West Virginia. Uh, Connected to a local college by a monorail system. (laughs) I love the monorails. Yeah, I'm trying to forget what I remember what I said last time. (laughs) Um, So this this is a story. This is worth bringing up. Uh, People often focus on a woman's health. People often focus on a woman's health. When it comes to having a baby. They do. Why is that? It turns out that dad's alcohol consumption plays a role as well. Well, that's how the baby was created. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Researchers from the Just Saying Institute say... Work tirelessly day and night to determine why dad was so drunk that he knocked your mom up. That they looked at data from a number of studies and found that dads-to-be should avoid alcohol. Listen to this. Mm Mm-hmm. For six months before trying for a baby to protect their future child from birth defects. Okay, so six months before actual the actual conception. Uh-huh. All right, yeah, uh, that will prime them to uh, to have healthy sperm. Have healthy sperm, mm-hmm. and then once uh, the uh, egg is fertilized, it's uh, hit the bar. Yep, there you go. Yeah, they found men who drank booze before conceiving a child raised the child's risk of heart problems by up to forty four percent. Wow. So what? What about with the mother? Can well, we already know. I mean, yeah, she's supposed to not drink. Not drink. <laughs> not drink during. But what about leading up to? Good point. 
Uh, I don't think that his... Uh, I've never heard about drinking yeah. while attempting. Yes. Um, and that's a good question, Steve. One that, I unfortunately, we at the Just Saying Institute have not uh, delved into At the Just Saying Institute, we don't know everything. No. And we know we don't know anything. Yeah. That's why we're conveniently located over 200 sprawling acres in the mountains of West Virginia. Because we know we don't know where to live. <laughs> uh, so that's a good question. I'm not really sure, Steve. Yeah, it just seems kind of... Um... If it's going to affect the sperm, would it affect the egg? Sperm sticks around for a long time. It, <laughs> it does. Can, yeah. And it gets hard in your socks. Okay. That's, that's not what he, I don't think that's what he's talking about. When, Casey, we, we had snip jobs. We had the, the vasectomies. And before you attempt to have unprotected sex... You have to wait months and months before you are absolutely clear, and you go back and get tested. It's like bleeding your sprinkler system. And I remember, yeah, yeah and I remember going back and getting tested um, a few months, a couple of months afterwards, and they were like, "Nope, you still can't." Still got a couple in there, still, huh? Yeah, yeah. You still got they swimmers. tell you that you're supposed to have like X amount of emissions after after Emission. the surgery. On average, how many? I, I want to say remember. it was like 20, 20, 30. No, it wasn't that many. Uh, see, I uh, thought it was you were up to ta- like 30, maybe 20, <laughs> 20 to 30. I thought you were talking about after it leaves your body and... Flies goes, across the room on the no, wall? No, stop! Hits the headboard? <laughs> on the wall? Jesus. Dude, what kind of distance you guys get? From your out of you onto her back. <laughs> no! But it, it's the, when, then it goes on to live in the female right. that can live there for a while as well. Oh, I see. I hit the headboard one time. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Were, we're, you we're in a hotel. We're in a hotel. No, you didn't. <laughs> can you guys have this conversation at a different time? <laughs> I have as well. Yes. How far away it was, were you? What were you, 21? It was in another room. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. I, we had I was. Had, we had already had one or two of the kids by then. I thought we were talking about the gift of life. We're yes, getting, we were. We're getting, yeah. Yeah. It is the, the gift, gift of, of life. life. Yes, all over the headboard. Yeah, <laughs> look at the that headboard. Was trying to conceive. Yeah, uh, look under this light. You can see the gift of life all over the like, headboard. Oh, I missed. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> was, the there, was there a target on the headboard? Like what? Anyway. There should be though. Should it be like like uh, like duck pins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bing! Uh, so and anyhow. at the end of the bed, the uh, little coupons come out, Preston. You can redeem them. <laughs> <laughs> you can go get things like a stuffed animal or a comb set. Yeah, you got to collect a lot of them, though. Oh Look, I got a billfold. All right. So anyhow, uh, yeah, they fit, that that one's better. That's better. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, there you go. Don't so, worry, I hate them too. Forever's listening. And so anyhow, to be part of this. Uh, the the study leader notes: although our analysis has limitations, for example, the type of alcohol was not recorded. It does it does indicate men and women planning a family should give up alcohol, though. Uh, well, okay, so you know. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but if you are in the planning stages, at least re- reduce alcohol, right? Yeah, that, now, I mean that's like a is that a standard? Would you, like do you guys a, know that? That's like a standard for if you're you're you can't get pregnant right away. It's not happening right away. Okay, that's like one of the, before you start going through you know all of the testing and all of that. It's like okay, let's let's hold off on the alcohol for both parties. Uh, what if any? Uh, what amount of heroin should you restrict? I don't think any. Okay, all right. Um, so anyhow, uh, just keep that in mind, guys. If you are, uh, if you're planning with your wife, um, this is a recommendation. That's not a hundred percent. Just saying, Institute it's, is located over 200 acres in West Virginia. Yeah, so keep that in mind. But six months before 
It's so funny, though, because, again, conceived. Wow. It's no, it's no lie that many kids are conceived oh, yeah. all in the throes. Are you of... kidding me? <laughs> of course. All right, let me see what else here we have from the Just Say Institute. from the Just Sayin Institute, mm-hmm. established in 1928. Wow. Yeah, that's a good year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a great so. year. You're going to have to remember that. You're going to have to write that down. I know. I forgot all the other stuff. Uh, let's see. There are a lot of things. Uh, how about let's let's go to this because we are in the proper month. Uh, getting couples therapy isn't uncommon, but therapists report a spike in people seeking out the service in October. Yes. Wait, why October? For Halloween. No. no. I know yeah. why. I hate Halloween and she loves it. Or I, she I, loves I, Halloween and I hate it. I have a friend uh, who is at a point in her relationship where um, she has she's trying to figure out whether or not she should stay in the relationship. And part of the reason why is timing of the year because... I, the holidays are right around the corner. I was so, wondering if that's it. So, so she, she to make the decision if she wants to go through the holidays with this person or if she if she brings the yeah. hammer down. And and so <laughs> so um uh now it has two meanings. Yeah. Uh so uh listen, my my personal take on the on her issue was if you're debating on whether or not you should be in this relationship at this point, you probably shouldn't be, but that's neither here nor there. But getting to the holidays, uh whether or not you're going to stay in it now, you have to make that decision now because you don't want to break up over the holidays themselves. It's mm. the worst thing, I think, if you if you are if you believe that the relationship is going well and you're you know you start buying gifts. Well, the start... guy does. The guy wants he wants all in, and she doesn't. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, anyhow, are, are they going to go trick or treating together? I don't know. There's a spike in people seeking out service uh, of uh, couples therapy in October. Yeah, couples. Uh, psychotherapist uh, Lucy Beresford said that it's often when couples come back from being on a summer trip together, an experience that oh. can often push the relationship to a breaking point. Huh. Well, this is a little bit past a summer trip, right? She said, I know, that's what I was thinking, too. Who goes on a summer trip in September? She says, uh, send, spending an extended period of time with your partner, sharing a room with them, and having high expectations for your vacation can... Uh, all be things that lead to people recognizing issues in their relationship. This must be from that new part of the Just Saying Institute. Yeah, I don't like Getting this all part. Stuff together. Uh, to avoid these issues, talk with your partner before vacation about your expectations and triggers so you can prepare. I think, I think the holiday thing has bears more uh, weight so. on this. I think also that, that decision, we know for a fact that there are, there are people who uh, get involved in a lot of hand-wringing as to, uh, and then there are other people who are a little bit more um, mercenary, who purposefully stay with uh, people through the relationship so they can get gifts. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I Which wonder if... Um, is stinky. I wonder if, uh, like, seasonal affective disorder has anything to do with it, too. People start getting sad uh, this time of year. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. You summer's know, over. Summer's over. Mm-hmm. The uh, daylight is less. Yeah. And the time is right for dancing in the streets. Right. right. All right. We've uh, learned it. <laughs> hang on a second here. I have other stuff from the Just Saying Institute. This... More from the Just Saying Institute, now, established in 1928. I remembered. <laughs> These are uh, here. Here is a study that was done on, or at least a, an opinion on, uh, if your ex still follows you on Instagram. Uh-huh. What does that mean? It means they have not unfollowed you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, yeah. I have a friend who's so irritated that her ex is still following her and liking all of her pictures. She's like, what, what, why? These really? are some of the uh, dynamics that occur in the age of social media. What? So does, is, she, is she really repulsed by yeah, it? Yeah, she's just annoyed. Like, she's like, I don't get it. Why is he still 
following me. So how long ago did their relationship end? Um, a while ago. Like, Years ago? Uh, maybe a year ago. Okay. All right, and, yeah, yeah. And he didn't like the pictures initially. Like now, I guess a year later, now he's like starting to like everything. So wait, she's wait. Like, why? Is he liking things that have been posted for a while, or is he liking the new things? No, like the, like new photos. He's, he's okay. liking. So he's not he, scouring. But I, I think this uh, does speak to the latent stalker in many people. No, you know? Yeah, no question. By the way, speaking of uh, of uh, people's social media accounts, if you follow somebody like a new follow, do you go back and look at their history? And I do. And will but will you like or comment on stuff from no. like six months no. ago? No. no, right? That's kind of weird, right? Then they know that you're stalking through their page. Right. I'll just save the uh, pictures to my spank folder. Okay, fair oh enough. That's uh, that's. I don't do that. It's incognito. <laughs> but I, I see it happen a lot with uh, with like listeners of the show. You'll you know you go. You'll see somebody like a whole bunch of uh, photos yeah. in a row, and then below that, you'll see that they just started following you. Yeah. I get that. So, like yeah. on, on Twitter, case that'll happen yeah. where someone will just start following, me and then my my phone will start going off, boom, 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 as they yep. start to to like things. That's okay. I, I don't, you know, um, but when I I usually peruse someone's page before I follow them if it's a public page, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Well, so here's what it says: it says uh, I just why- don't want to be following, you know, Hitler Jr. Why your ex still follows you on Instagram? It could mean they have residual feelings for you and wish to keep tabs on your life, of course. Uh, But it could also mean they just forgot to unfollow you or that they were simply too proud to hit unfollow. Man, they're just saying Institute really ripped the lid off this one. Yeah, (laughs) they did, didn't they? Literally, they're giving you everything. Yeah. Well, life coach Priscilla Martinez uh, says... She is actually head of uh, the life coach division of the Just Saying Institute. (laughs) Yep. It's important to consider your ex's personality and connect that to their actions. So if they're a raving lunatic, you should be troubled by it. But if they're a benevolent sort of person, then you should be fine. Yeah. Sometimes they do it as a way of validating their lives. Right. If they're behind bars, maybe be concerned. They once cared for you, so curiosity is normal. Uh, It's natural to look from afar, even though they may not be commenting or even texting you. Also, just because they're following you doesn't mean that you have to follow them back. Basically, if an ex is following you, go ahead and take the ego boost uh, because, at the very least, it may mean they still care enough to want to know what you're up to. So, Kath, I have a question about your friend. Um, like, how did that relationship end? Um, if you recall. I, you know what? I don't really know. I don't think it was, like, anything, you know, no big, like, huge fight. I think it just kind of ended and whatever. Okay. Um, but and did I, she end it, do you know? Um. Yes, she did. Okay. Yeah, she ended it. Yeah. Or did his best friend arrange to have him killed, and then he later came back to her in ghost version? Huh. <laughs> well, not familiar with that one. Oh, ghost. Go- oh. <laughs> yes. The shadow, you were there with the shadows <laughs> come alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. <man. laughs> Actually, sounds like Mickey Rourke. Uh, you know what? You're yeah. right. It does. Oh uh, I should probably wrap up now because we need to come back by nine for uh, Cedric, Cedric the right? Entertainer. Oh yeah. yeah. I, well, I thought we were going to go two nine. Let's go two nine. I don't know. Sure, I can go two nine. Let's well, go two nine. We can go two nine. We'll go two I, nine. I think. Uh, you know what? Let me see something real quick here, Preston. Okay. You guys talk amongst yourselves, uh, and certainly. then uh... at the Just Saying Institute, research is critical. No, you know what? Let's break now. Okay. Let's break now. Let's not go to nine. Let's we won't not go, go to, to nine. nine. Uh, we'll come back another time and do nine later. We'll do nine later. Coming right. up next. <laughs> the time. Coming up next. 
Uh, actually, yeah, we're going to have Cedric the Entertainer on in just a little. But I would like to remind you that we do have an emoji code, a chance for you to win tickets to the home opener with the Flyers tomorrow night. And it's from our friends at Duncan. So go to PrestonandSteve.com and take a look at what Casey has put together with emojis. Let's see if you can figure out what it means. And we'll ask you to call in a little bit later on. And don't forget that there's going to be free uh, SEPTA service on Wednesday night after the game on the Broad Street Line. Uh, and it is powered by Duncan, and it will be at the NRG station. So keep that in mind. Free rides begin at 7.30 and run two hours post game. We're going to take a break and come back in just a moment. A couple of guests joining us when we get back, so stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. So our next guest is on tonight, 8 o'clock, CBS, The Neighborhood, second season. I watched the show. And uh, he's awesome. Please welcome to the show, Cedric the Entertainer. Morning, Cedric. Eh, just trying to stay alive on a Monday, man. Trying to get things started here. Oh, oh man, you just listened to your last ad. I just wanted some pumpkin, everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, do you buy into the uh, Halloween pumpkin uh, drinks and pumpkin food uh, and all that? I'm such a sucker. I probably <laughs> ordered stuff online. I got Amazon delivering me pumpkin lattes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you drone. You that? feel like you're left out. Mm. So uh, anyway, I, th- so the, the show's the neighborhood, and I watched the first season and the second season. The, the, it just started, uh, and yeah. um, it's it, it. And I told these guys when I first saw it last season, it sort of reminded me. It harkened back to like um, sitcoms of the '70s, and it had sort of that sort of vibe. Is that is that intentional? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, the the idea is definitely we, you know, we pay uh, you know a modern day homage to like All in the Family and the Jeffersons and all that. In the sense that it's a show that is about these kind of uh, racial tensions, and at the same time, how people uh, through uh, tough love, through uh, you know pushing the envelope a little bit, can actually come to learn and know more about each other. You know, you think about you know again some of the classic seventy early seventies uh, and early eighties television. Uh, that's what those relationships were about. And so, uh, you know, it's been doing really well. People responded to it, and we, we're having a great time. Well, you know, it's funny because I, like, uh, you know, it started off that way, and I was, my wife and I were watching, and I'm like, I, I don't know, where's this going? Where's this going? And, and then I started to say, okay, I, I got the whole the whole mindset, and eventually I, I was sort of won over by it. The cast is really good. You're, Of course, you're really good. You're great. Uh, Max Greenfield, who I loved on The, the yeah. New Girl, you had uh, Beth Bears, who was from... Um, uh, two broke girls, and, and then everybody else. Uh, um, yeah. uh, you, you, the rest of the cast is, is sensational. I, yeah. I wasn't familiar with a lot of them, but but uh, but they're all really solid. Did you help put the ensemble together? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I came on in um, uh, as an executive producer on the show pretty pretty early on in its development stage, and so um, you know a lot of the casting was you know I was involved in all the way through. Uh, to Sheena Arnold, who plays my wife, who, you know, people know her from Martin. And She's great. Everybody hates Chris, and, mm-hmm. you know, so, again, another strong actress. And then the young, uh, my two young sons, they were both, uh, uh, both of these guys come from my the theater um, uh, background, but, you know, strong actors, and they've, they've been doing, uh, like, guest roles and other appearances on other shows. Uh, so Marcel Spears and Shiama Kinney, these guys are great, man. So, but then when we get with, the, the network really went and got Max uh, 
and Beth, and of course, uh, they were just they were they were awesome picks. It was like putting together the new the new you know like this way way the NBA is right. Yeah, now. just go get superstars and just say hey, we're just gonna fill our team up with with all stars. Yeah, that Marcel is, is is very funny. I think he's 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 a bit of a breakout. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because on a sitcom, to me, a lot of times these sets and the living rooms and all that stuff are really important, uh-huh. you know, and the way they 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 are are laid out. Did you have any say in how you know? Because we all remember classic. Talk about all in the family. Remember the classic, you know, living room to the to the dining room and all that stuff. Do you have any input on how that's laid out as a producer on the show? Yeah, definitely. You know, you you know, you get to have a say so. But we wanted to, you know, this kind of very distinct uh, kind of attitude difference between the two families. So my house definitely takes on a uh, older traditional, you know, thing with the man with the big command. Yeah man chair that rocks there we wanted to to kind of get that very uh, that semblance that i've been here for a long time uh that i'm kind of a guy that's stuck in my ways if you will and then you know then we modernize the new family who comes in you know once these houses have been rehabbed in some of these old neighborhoods uh you know it's an old home but then they brought in the you know the viking stoves and the <laughs> you know the, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah the cool refrigerators and you're like okay it's so uh, yeah, but but definitely I get to say so on all those kind of things, man. I you know I, I try to make sure that we um, you know had that authenticity of what it would feel like to move into this all black neighborhood. Well, that's the whole the whole premise. So so Max uh, yeah. Greenfield plays uh, Dave, and he he and his wife and, and their kid move into the, this neighborhood, which is predominantly black. And and yeah. you're the next door neighbor. You're you're sort of a, a a reverse Archie Bunker a little bit at the beginning. And, uh, yeah. and and you, you you're still sort of tolerating them, but you guys are kind of finding um, common ground. Last week's episode dealt with uh, bullying, and I guess uh, tonight's episode deals with, and this uh, this dynamic can happen where you one neighbor does something for the other, and everyone they start to feel the need to up each other. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's something. My daughter, uh, my my fifteen uh, year old daughter, she has this thing where she says, "Dad, I don't, I don't." do solids. This is what you do when people walk around like, hey, do me a solid. And now you owe them a solid. (laughs) Do me a solid, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, oh, do me a solid. Uh, Go tell, you know, run to the, uh, uh, tell my teacher I'll be a little late for class. All right. So now, next time, they go, hey, do me a solid. Go to my car and left my book bag down there. Oh, okay. Hey, do me a solid. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not doing solids. Like, you you end up owing people for nothing. Right. You know, so... Uh, that's kind of what happens, Dave, in this episode. Dave, uh, you know, he makes a nice gesture to to, uh, to paint my house uh, because he just enjoys painting, and then that means I have to do something nice for him, and I get I kind of take offense to that. Hey, Cedric, in your real life, are you you tight with your neighbors around you? Yeah, you know, I got some pretty cool neighbors. I definitely have a new neighbor that's like she got my number, and she you know she texts me all the time and just gives me updates of everything that's going on. You know. <laughs> Hey, hey, it's a coyote, you know, running around. There's a coyote running around, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Neighborhood things. Has she, has she mentioned, like, who's sleeping with who or anything like that yet? Or? No, no, I think she's just getting new into the thing. But she, I think she's, she's definitely the one to keep an eye on. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. She's the one who's letting the coyotes loose. Yeah, yeah. Hey Cedric, I didn't. I wasn't. I don't know why I wasn't aware of this, but I was telling these guys that uh, um, early on in my radio career, I worked in uh, Jefferson City, Missouri, and you're from Jeff City. Yeah, I was born there, and uh, my mother was going to college there at Lincoln, uh, and so uh, 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was, I was probably a little kid when we moved. We moved to Carruthersville, Missouri, back to where my, my mother's hometown. But, yeah, I was born in Jeff City and I lived there. And, and, and Lincoln ended up giving you an uh, honorary doctorate? Yeah, man. That's so, awesome. Uh, that is very awesome, yeah. you know, because my mother actually got her degree there, and she got a. We both got a uh, doctorate. She actually earned her. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but I insist on being called Doctor the Entertainer. Now. And you doctor should be the Entertainer, doctor. the Entertainer. Oh my God, I love that. I think I remember the the first time hearing about you was in a Bud Light commercial. If I if yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was really big. I was doing uh, stand up, and then you know, of course, uh, Budweiser was a big. You know, I'm, I'm from St. Louis, where I hold it down. Yep. And then um, St. Louis, you know, it was just a big company there, and we did uh, the, these great campaigns. And I did the one. Uh, and it still wins the like the Super Bowl kind of memories of. Uh, it's still like in the top ten where I I'm, I'm like on a date, and I see this girl, and I get happy that she wants to stay over, and I grab some beers and I start dancing, and then when I open it, the phone just. <laughs> yep, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's uh, it's it's yeah. it's. So we're watching it right now while you're saying it. But somebody pulled it up on our video monitor. But yeah, no, nah, you've you've come before the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you've uh, you've come a you've come a long way. You've uh, you've really. I mean, now look at you, man. You know, you uh, yeah. game show host, sitcom lands, game show host, all this stuff. It's got to be feeling good. Yeah, no, definitely good. You know, I've been doing this for that uh, for so long. You start out. You know, and I was, like, working in corporate America. I started doing comedy kind of late when you think about it. I worked for State Farm, uh, the claims adjuster, and then I started doing comedy when I was, like, 27. Wow. Yeah. 27, so that's late, really, to kind of find your life's passion and then, but to, uh, then, you know, to be doing it, you know, so many years later, just really having a great time, man. Well, the show's doing well for CBS. Uh, second season is off and running, and you, congratulations on everything, man. It's a, yeah. It's a solid place to be at. Yeah, man. I appreciate it, brothers. It's all good, man. So, all right. You know, and a uh, good, good win for the Eagles yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody's happy about that. All right, man. Tonight, the neighborhood, 8 o'clock, CBS. Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. Thanks, Cedric. Take care, man. Right, we'll see you later, man. Nice. He's a good guy. Uh, we have a guest who is in our studio, mm-hmm. uh, and actually she is going to be appearing at a book signing at the Velvet Lily Lily, Lily. in uh, Philly, and that is from uh, 3 to 6 today. And the title of the book is Madness to Mindfulness, Ooh. Reinventing Sex for Women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was about time for a reinvention, right? Well, she's a doctor, and she's she earned her uh, her degree, I would imagine. I don't know. Not like uh, Cedric. <laughs> was given one. Uh, give me some sexy music. Please. There you go. Sex type thing. Please welcome Dr. Jen Gonzalez, PhD, to the and studio. It, it is a real PhD. It is. Okay. Where, where did you study? Um, undergrad at Lehigh University. No kidding. Yeah, here in okay. Pennsylvania. And then um, got my graduate degree at SUNY Albany in okay. state New York. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it, The Simpsons last night by chance? No, why? There was uh, there was a whole Patriot League reference. Uh, it was a very uh, well, we can talk off. Here okay, oh, <laughs> but yeah. Michael Rappaport was the was one of the guests, and uh, they were they referenced Bucknell, they referenced oh, Holy Cross, they I referenced recorded Lee it. High. It's a I really didn't funny watch episode. A lie. Yeah, well, Michael um, Rappaport plays a gambling addict, and uh, they bet on Patriot League games. But that's not why you're here, Jen. <laughs> no. So I'll stop talking. Now. By the way, Jen grew up in Malvern. Yeah. 
lives in San Diego now, and uh, and so sex is what you focus on. Yeah, sex, okay. intimacy, relationships, communication, um, all through the lens of as a sociologist, and through the lens of mindfulness and compassion. Okay. Uh, mindfulness. Explain to me what you mean by that. Yeah. So at a basic level, mindfulness is present moment awareness without judgment. And so the way I apply it to sex and relationships and improving relationships is teaching folks how to be, we have so many triggers. We have so many times that we feel uncomfortable, that our partner brings up something we don't want to talk about. Um, there's sexual conversations we're avoiding. We have body image concerns, whatever. All of those things are triggers, and we often don't stay present in the moment. So I teach folks how to stay present and notice what are your thoughts, your interpretations, your emotions, and then literally where do you feel it inside you? Is the best thing to do is just to like push it down as hard as you can yes, inside? Stick it in a little <laughs> box. <laughs> just keep crushing it in harder well, and harder. Which is what like, many of us do because this stuff like shame embarrassment hurt disappointment all of those things around intimacy and sex feel so uncomfortable we do want to stuff them down and then they come and bite us in the butt at some point well if you're you have sometimes you have to pay for that (laughs) let let, let me ask you this in this day and age because all this stuff is in the news and and cedric just referenced the the me too movement i i assume the dynamics are uh, like a friend of mine is just now back in the dating scene after getting a, a divorce and i can see him he's over, very exuberant about it. I'm yeah. like, you know, and I, I guess he's going to that that stage. But but I mean, it's still it's it's a whole different complexion now. And 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 do you do you find people are having issues with how to how to broker things and how to move along in relationships because there are now these these things that we have to be mindful of. Yeah, I mean, and it would have been lovely if we were mindful of these things all along. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, now, but right, now but it's now, hyper. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah, and folks are scared, and and I know many men are like, they, they're afraid to approach women now, and right. they're afraid to do the wrong thing, and so... At the core of all of this, and I know this is cliche to say, but it really is communication, but it's genuine communication. It's asking questions. It's listening. It's having the difficult conversations we've been avoiding. Right. Um, it's it's okay to tell someone that you like them, but it's also you know helpful to give them an out. And if they say no, uh, if you ask them out, don't keep coming back and asking them again and again. So to, so to a guy, for example, the, the classic thing would be perhaps at, at, at work or whatever, you, either somebody that you or comes in or you, you, you're there. Uh, and I've heard this conversation come up, and, and the question comes up, how how would one in this day and age... I know, work, I, I know the workplace it, of all places of all places. is so That's where I met my wife. Yeah. My wife, yeah, it was... And, and you know, we've been, go, we've been going strong, but I... Right. Would it be illegal today, the way you did that? No, it was actually... There was a common, you know, a common um, deal, so it was yeah. fine. I, I was <laughs> I didn't I didn't trap her in a stall in the bathroom, but, but I mean, still, I, I think you want to be sensitive to all that stuff. And I know there are a lot of people yeah. listening who just... It was always tricky for, I think, guys on a certain yeah. level to begin with. Now there's a whole myriad of additional things. Right. I mean, and the, and the pressure is put on men. We expect in our society, in gender roles, that men are supposed to be the initiators. And that's yeah. a lot of pressure to put on. And you have to brace yourself for rejection. And that's a difficult place to be in. But, yeah, the workplace of all places is really iffy. Like, I encourage – it's hard because this is where you spend majority of your time. It and is. And, like, where else are you going to meet people? Yeah. But – sexual energy unleashed in the workplace and i think m- many men aren't taught how to be responsible around their sexual energy and the um like those sort of nuances of how others are feeling and if they're uncomfortable or not also many women we are taught just to laugh at things that men say <laughs> which is right. sort of funny as i'm laughing right. yeah. Yeah, i know yeah <laughs> um but we are you know we're taught to be nice we're taught to laugh and, and go along um with what men say uh, whether we're comfortable or not whether we're interested or not and right. so in the 
workplace that, and especially in the workplace, we're particularly supposed to be polite to others. So this really puts us mm-hmm. in a, it's difficult if you're not taught how to read, uh, if you don't have emotional and social intelligence, it's really tough in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say ask once and then never ask again. Yeah, right, absolutely. right. It's probably the, sage advice. In a, yeah. a pinned tweet that you have on your Twitter account, which is uh, Dr. Jen's Den, um, you reference Brene Brown, and and uh, yeah. I was introduced to Brene Brown a year or two ago. I, I think Oprah helped make her uh, as popular as she's become, um, and she helped me to sort of understand what mindfulness was. Um, but it, it's it's always a struggle. You're you're always learning about yourself. You're always learning yeah. about what your partner wants or needs. Yeah. Um, how did you get started down this particular path, the mindfulness path? Mindfulness specifically. I moved to San Diego almost 16 years ago, and um, I was at uh, SUNY Albee at the time working on my grad degree, um, was getting to the point of defending my proposal, and I was having so much angst. So much. I was actually having chest pain, mm. um, and just because I knew I was moving and I was trying to get all of this done, and I had so much physical pain, and I actually promised to myself, I'm like, this is clearly psychosomatic. Like you're creating this. I'm like, I don't want to ever feel this way again. I'm like, as soon as I get to San Diego, I'm throwing myself into new age stuff and mindfulness and meditation and just yoga and learning everything I can. So as soon as I got out there, and San Diego is a really good place for stuff like that, um, I started taking meditation classes and mindfulness classes and. Um, so it was almost you know, 16 years ago I started learning about that. And I so quickly saw that how, um, you know, at the core of, um, of sexual health, especially for women, is our self-worth, is our self-esteem and our self-worth. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to advocate for yourself um, in a sexual situation if you don't think you're worthy of it. And I realized that mindfulness is a really powerful path to that of pausing and recognizing what's going on in a moment. What am I thinking about myself? How am I feeling about it? Am I speaking my truth? What am I afraid of? What shame am I carrying? And how can I actually sit with that discomfort, um, stay present with it, breathe through it, move move through it, and then actually come through the other side and be like, okay, what do I want to say? What's authentic to me? So I very quickly, I was finding it for myself and for my own well-being um, and very quickly started applying it to my women's sexual empowerment work. And so I was like, oh, this is, I honestly think mindfulness is like the cure for everything. So you can be <laughs> taught mindfulness? Yeah. It's, a, it's just a training of the brain. So basically, you know, mindfulness is choosing what you want to focus on in any moment. Um, but like I said, it also has that non-judgment piece. I like to say it's, it's present moment awareness with compassion, actually. So it's um, if I was choosing to, um, you know, focus on my breath. I would, um, you know, for five minutes, say I closed my eyes and wanted to focus on my breath. Every time I was distracted, I would acknowledge the distraction, choose to bring my focus back, not judge myself for the distraction or anything else, and then refocus myself in the moment and focusing on the breath. Yeah, and it's, it's retraining our, like, our prefrontal cortex. It's literally just training our brain of how to focus. Because so I do yoga a lot and they yeah. talk a lot about mindfulness and I'll be honest with you I you know I'm kind of like yeah yeah okay I know be in the moment <laughs> let's like let's move on let's yeah. go to the next pose or, or whatever it is like I don't I think that I don't actually know what it means so what I do so like for example I brought a mindfulness bell in here can I ring it yeah yeah. The hell did you do? No, no, no. It's really, really loud. (laughs) Um, I have a mindfulness bell app on my phone. And so it's a free app. It goes off uh, every few hours just randomly. And when it goes off, what I do, as long as I'm not driving, I pause, I close my eyes, I take three deep breaths, and I check in. And I'm like, am I feeling tension inside of me? And am I feeling anxiety? What are my main emotions? Literally, where do I feel them in me? Am I I spinning with anything with anxiety? Um, And so it's a nice relaxation in the moment. But that's not what mindfulness is about. Mindfulness is teaching us how to be present with and accept anything, whether it's lovely or whether it's really crappy. 
Um, and that's how it's really powerful in sexual situations because there's so much around intimacy that we block or are afraid of or uncomfortable with, and we learn to sit with it. What yeah. do you mean by accepting? Uh, yeah. Because, you know, if I'm mad, I'm mad. You know what I mean? And I might have a damn good reason to be mad about something at that time. Right. And so mindfulness is learning to step back and observe yourself being mad. And not, I like to use the analogy. It's like there, there's a you're, you're walking along the shore of a river, and you're enjoying your day, and then all of a sudden something <laughs> triggers you and you get mad and it's like you fall into this rave, raging river and you are swept away with your thoughts, your emotions and your bodily sensations. And mindfulness training our brain in that way helps us step back on the shore um, and observe and we still feel at our feet all of that chaos, our thoughts and our emotions, but we're actually we're um, a passive observer to them. So we're not getting swept away and we can notice, oh, I'm feeling warm. Oh, I'm feeling that feeling in my chest where I'm angry. Oh, my thought is this person just did something that was really disrespectful to me. But then does it lead to how you react to it? Yes. That's the point so of basically it? you're creating space. You're creating a pause where you never had a pause before. And in that pause where you're reflecting on all of your bodily sensations and your belief systems and your interpretations and the emotions, instead of just reacting to whatever your pattern is and just being mad and yelling or shutting down or numbing yourself or distracting yourself, you actually then... You, you create that space there. You get to sit with it. You're reflecting on it. You're noticing all of it. Maybe you're articulating it to someone else. And then you get to do something different with it. So I – does that make sense? It's like, yeah, it makes yeah, sense yeah, to there's me. A, yeah, there's, there's a similar thing that – I mean um, – uh, the, the con that I try to employ is the concept of the of the of the watcher, is someone who yeah, totally so yes, who's, who's, the observer who, who observes. It's me observing me, saying, yeah. "Is this what I want to do? Yeah. Is this how I want to react? Right? What, what's a, the healthiest for me? What's what's a reaction? What, what's a response that I'm proud of versus right. a reaction that I don't have control over? Okay, interesting. And it's it's it seems it seems it, it can be hard. Oh, if you, it's so if you, hard. If you get used to it, you can employ it. But you can also – the concept also, the second one that works for me is forgiving yourself for things. Mm, so much. Because the second – what happens is you tend to escan everything because you can't get it right the first time, you know? So, Jen, I should be thinking about all this stuff while I'm actively having sexual intercourse, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is what I should be doing. Talk, talk about a boner killer. Yeah, 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 Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. For yeah. God's sake. <laughs> so there's multiple different ways <laughs> I no, that's a very valid question. <laughs> You're like you just ruined my sex life, Doctor uh, Jen. <laughs> There's multiple ways that I teach folks to apply mindfulness and compassion. One is reflecting on your childhood messages. If you were raised with shame or embarrassment, or um, didn't get good sex education, and you you feel unsure, particularly for a lot of women, um, they have uh, those. Also. Um, in your present moment relationships, anytime you're triggered, you know, cause so many long-term relationships, some folks get into an argument and it's not about, you know, w- what the looks like they're arguing about. It's some much yeah. larger issue. And so when you can use mindfulness and drop and be like, okay, what's really going on here? Like, oh, my interpretation is that you don't actually love me or I'm not important enough. And that makes me really feel sad and rejected. And I kind of feel that in my chest. So that's the second way you can play. Third way is specifically in a sexual encounter. Um, if you notice that you get just distracted, if you notice you're, you know, doing your laundry list, yeah. you know, or your, your uh, grocery list, um, if you're studying the ceiling and bored, uh, <laughs> um, if you're worried about performance concerns, if you're worried about body image concerns, mindfulness, it's that training of noticing you're distracted, noticing you're anxious, acknowledging and then choosing to bring yourself back specifically to your five senses because that anchors us in the moment. So touch the sheets, feel your partner, listen to music if you have playing, you know, smell your partner. Use all five senses because that 
gets us um, out of our head and present in our body and present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's a really nice, quick fix. But you have to keep doing it over and over again to train yourself. My guess is it's more the peripheral leading up to that'll get you to the the better encounter when you're actually in it and everything else is is more to reinforce the peripheral stuff to make that a more when you're in the moment experience less you're le- you're less you're having to do less of this this sort of dynamic right ideally but yeah. it's funny i mean you could have all your stuff together in the rest of your life but you get in the bedroom and weird stuff happens yeah, <laughs> part. we have such poor sex education and we are just, and just feel... so vulnerable like yeah. sex is so vulnerable I... and we don't often know how to talk about it i think on the whole it's less complicated for guys i mean and that's a huge stereotype and it might but be it un... seems really true <laughs> but it, it, does. It, it might be unfair yeah. but like you know guys i think sometimes the relief for them or the the escape is sex you know, it, it, this is yes. the way out, and yes. you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go get laid, for lack of a better term, yeah. right? But for women, on the whole, it's much more complicated, and then the guy gets frustrated because of how complicated it is for the woman. Hmm. I know, and it's, um, I want to disagree with you, and I can't. Right. <laughs> um, I call it. Um, Women's sexuality has a beautiful complexity (laughs) and all of the nuance and layers to it. Um, It is. I mean, in general, often women feel things quite deeply. And sex, I honestly think it's, I can't help but think it's not like an evolutionary thing. Like, literally, we have to open our legs and allow someone in. Like, that is an incredibly vulnerable thing Mm -hmm. that I think shouldn't be gone into lightly. Like, that's something, and I think that's just built into us, you know, over time. That's how I feel when I go to see the Dr. Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've been invaded many times yep. by his, mm-hmm. di- yep. his digits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I mean, it's um, it's interesting. It's very complex. Uh, how, how do we simplify How do you it? fix how... it in an afternoon? Yes. <laughs> in the remaining five minutes yeah. we have. I yeah. know. I have clients that come in with and I say this isn't. I mean, and that's this to me is the, you know, so there's a great book called The Five Regrets of the Dying, and um, they and she studied folks in hospice, and what they regretted is not making more money um, or, you know, not being more successful is that they regretted they weren't more vulnerable, they weren't more authentic with the people um, that they were closest to. That okay. they, they didn't emphasize their intimate um, relationships and their friendships and put enough time into those. So that's to me, is what gets, this is at the heart of this, is teaching us how to be vulnerable and how to be authentic. It it's layers. The, the, the progress in my own personal issues that I've had, I think, have come when I'm being confronted and I have these uh, uh, knee-jerk reactions, which are, are, are seem to be involuntary. They seem to be natural. But when I'm able to go, wait a minute, why are you acting like that? Yeah. Or do you really are, – are you just doing that because you've been taught that you need to be defensive right now? When really, you just should listen to what's being said and then maybe take stock in what's being said and say – yeah, you know what? I messed up. That was uh, that was wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think you can avoid those regrets, those dying regrets, whatever yes. those may be. Yeah. So yeah. you're, and you're happy to die. Humility. Yeah. Do, right? Can't wait. <laughs> well, ideally, you're like, okay, I've lived a full life. Yeah. I no, feel I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I did. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm going to step in front of this bus. Yeah. No, no, I know. What you, I know what you're saying. But in these things, a lot of times people hear them. And go, this sounds like trippy mental gobbledygook. But the truth of the matter is, is that yeah. it's not. It's not for the same reason that, that on some level, the you know. My wife and I went to, you know, couples therapy a, a number of times and, and then she goes and, and it, to talk to another party that just helps you see things in a different way. I mean, it doesn't mean we don't have issues, but we have less issues just because we know how there there are 
there are ways that she hears things that I don't. <laughs> and so I have to be aware of that, yeah. you know, yeah, and that's yeah. a simple thing. But it, it seems simple, but it isn't, yeah. you know, and hey, have someone else give you that information. In your bio here, it mentions, yeah. uh, besides, you know, a doctor, sex speaker, author, it says intimacy coach. Yeah. What do a lot of people need help with? But they're coming to you as an intimacy coach. What do they need help with? Well, um, a couple different things. And so one thing is, you know, we're not trained in how to have healthy relationships and how to have difficult conversations. So, um, you know, one of the main things is I see couples that have been together for a long time. And at some point, because it's not uncommon after you know, say three years or something for one person to have a real drop in desire. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, in the beginning, everybody's hot and heavy, you know, and you think you're matched with your sexual drives. Um, But over time and with kids and jobs and stress and all of that, um, you can have mismatched levels. It's it's a common thing, you say? Super Mm -hmm. common. And folks have no idea what to do because we only know how to handle sex when it's going well. Yeah. And so when um, all of a sudden you have problems, then somebody feels guilty and the other person feels rejected and they don't necessarily have the skills to know how to handle it and talk through it and like what do you do if you don't naturally feel horny anymore right how do you make yourself have sex or want to have sex so that's one of the biggest um issues that i see is mismatched desire levels and there's so many reasons why i mean the primary although it goes both ways gender wise primarily i see it with um women with the low desire and then men still have desire for sex, it's kind of cliche, but it, research does back it up also, and it's what I see in my private practice. Um, and there's so many reasons. Like, physiologically, we naturally have a drop in desire. Uh, many women will in long-term relationships. It can also be relationship resentments and not enough sleep and hormone changes with pregnancy and could be some um, relationship resentments. Um, could be some sexual shame and embarrassment that you carry um, from childhood um, that then surfaces and can't help uh, you know it, it can't help you. You're not able to think outside the box actually and willing to try new things because it feels too embarrassing or uncomfortable. Right. Um, so there's so many factors, and so I help folks pull back the layers of that. I help them communicate. I help generally because I do work with heterosexual couples mostly. I help them. I bridge that gender gap and and help them um, communicate and figure out where they're missing each other because women can get frustrated with men for being so um, obtuse and men get frustrated with women for being crazy. And I'm like, (laughs) we don't all, we don't mean to be doing it. We're just being ourselves and, you know, miscommunicating and and talking past each other. So So the, the book uh, addresses a lot of this. Uh, yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. talks about a lot about desire and passion and how to have difficult sexual conversations. And yeah. I think a lot of the times the difficult part is that people are resistant to wanting to embrace any of this in the first place. Just getting yeah. people to say, you know what, this might be helpful to me. And instead of just putting up a wall and saying, I don't need any help or I can figure it out on my own. Well, and I think cause so many people think there's like if you have to go and seek help for your relationship or your sex life, it means you failed in some way instead of realizing how can we not all have problems with the society we're raised in and that we're never there's no you know course year-long course in high school about how to have relationships and how to be how to request your needs and what your desire is and what to do when you have problems all yeah, right Casey. what what's if um you're having sex on a on a and you're in a long uh, term relationship yeah. and you're actually having sex i don't know once twice three times a week yeah, yeah. i mean twice a week once a week actually sounds like a lot to me, but um, <laughs> wait, why does that sound like a lot? It just does because I'm not having it once a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there we are. In so, but like, suppose you are having actually a, a decent sex life, yeah. but I mean, you still could be having problems, right? Um, even well, if in you, your even, relationship or in your sex life specifically. In your sex life specifically. 
Well, I mean, folks could be going through the motions. Mm -hmm. One could want it and the other could be doing it for obligation purposes. So you're still having it once or twice a week to check a box or they feel like they should. Does that have a psychological... Yeah, it totally can. I mean, I think because folks can um, kind of put up walls to protect themselves emotionally and then they could start building resentment towards their partner. Um, Yeah, I know folks that will, um, you know, I've talked to some wives that are like, well, you know, this is what I have to do once a week and I just want to get it over with as soon as possible. Right, but like what about... What's I mean, honestly, what's kind of the difference? And I know that there's a big difference between doing that for your partner once a week and I don't know, scratching their back once a week or twice a week. So, I mean, in in theory, they're similar. The difference is, is what I got back to, like, to be sexual with somebody is to be vulnerable with somebody, is mm-hmm. to open yourself up. Um, and so I think particularly for women, um, they can cross the point of starting to feel like they're being, um, like, used right. by their partners. And that um, that's not good for the self-esteem. Um, that's not good for the relationship. Um, again, that, you know, you can carry resentments around that. So, um, I think that's kind of a dangerous place. What I help folks to do is if they're in a loving, respectful, you know, otherwise communicative relationship and they're, and they have mismatched desire levels, at least for the low desire person, is there a way to re, if you, if you want to have sex with your partner, cause you know, it's important to them and you love your partner and you do like connecting with them that way, but you're just not feeling desire. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you shift your mindset to go into it from a space of, um, so this is a gift to my partner. I love my partner. I do want to connect with my partner. You know, let me take a leap of faith and move into this. And, um, we think desire should confer first and then arousal, but often, particularly for women in long-term relationships, arousal has to come first and then the desire kicks in. So you have to kind of take that leap of faith and trust that you love your partner, that they're going to move along with you. You know, they know how to prime your pump <laughs> yeah, so yeah, to speak, yeah. in a way that works for you. Um, and then your body starts getting turned on and then your desire kicks in. So I know I, I, so I, many people, like so many of my friends at this point, we're like, you know, we've reached 40 and yeah. this is the conversation. I mean, a lot of the conversation yep. revolves around this. And I mean, more often than not, I hear I just do it. So he shuts up. <sighs> right? Wow. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, like yeah, yeah. once a week. So he shuts up. And then I can go the rest of my week and not have to worry about it. So I literally address that in the introduction of my book. Like, if you're doing that, like, why not at least try to get some pleasure from this? Why not at least try to think outside the box and try something new and communicate with your partner differently so that you're at least getting some enjoyment? If you're going to do this once a week for the rest of your life. (laughs) So the the core, I guess the core is is just, I mean, as... as is, uh, you know, uh, is communicate, you, right? To communicate as much as you can, even though it's uncomfortable. I mean, you, yeah, and to, it, to just make it, make it, make a safe, a safe yes. environment to do that. To, to uh, like, I guess the concept of um, the therapist that we went to always mentioned yeah. risk, yes. the, the risk to, to the reward. Are you ready to, to go there and do that? And if you are, and if it's worth that, then do that. And so, and, you know, to express that, you know, and so, um, and then we did achieve a a fair amount of breakthroughs with that, you know, and it helped us to communicate. So it seems to me that you you just have to be able to, if you, the first step would be comfortable talking about it. Right. You have to be vulnerable enough to realize, okay, we need help and it's okay that we need help. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. We just, we didn't learn these skills. Where would we have learned them? We're just missing each other. I care about my relationship enough. I'm willing to, to, to take this risk. So did you learn about the five love languages? No, no. I I learned a Taibo, which is an old form. (laughs) (laughs) The five love languages. No. What are the five love languages? Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's a book. If one of them is pig Latin, I'm going to throw you right out of here. It's a 
book and you take the online quiz for free, fivelovelanguages.com, the number five. And the concept is we all have different ways we like to give and receive love. Okay. And this author talks about that there's five specific ways. And so it's quality time, acts of service, gifts, which is not about the money, but about the thoughtfulness. Right. Um, words of affirmation and, uh-oh, I don't know if I said them all. Acts um, of service, did I say that? Well, the, you got a good list so far. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't remember if I so, got all So five this is not. an online list you could take? Yeah. And so the idea is often, so I'll, like the classic I've seen like between a husband and wife is she's like, you never tell me that you love me. You never tell me that I'm beautiful. And he's like, are you kidding? I got up, I got up early on a Sunday morning and washed your car for you. Of right. course I love you. So he's giving love through acts of service. Right. She's asking for it through words of affirmation. Okay. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this with couples in front of me. It's clear to me they love each other. They respect each other, but they were love past each other because they have different ways they give love that's actually their partner appreciates it but it doesn't make them feel loved and nurtured so let me ask you like there's also sometimes uh, you know um so and i I hearken back to this because it was you know obviously a pivotal point in my life and uh, you know i had prostate cancer and had my surgery i'm doing well now everything's good but i go to speak to two guys who are going to face the surgery and and you know (laughs) and let and when they, they hear me talking about it they see me, I've gone through it, and they, they respond. Like, it's, here, here we are, as opposed to having a doctor, you know, tell them. They, they expect they're going to yeah. get one way. So so for, for, for people who, um, you know, who, who are, is they, how, do, how, how do people have questions like this? I mean, they're going to go to therapists, they're going to hear it one way. Is that, is that the best way for them to get a response? Because I, I think a lot of times you see somebody with, somebody with a clipboard, you know, whatever, <laughs> right. and it's like, oh, well, that's what they're supposed to say, you know. And I think a lot of people feel... They're kind of like walled. Where do I go to get this taken care of? Who do I go to talk to? And it's hard because because we don't have great, you know, I just gave a a talk at Delaware County Community College on Friday. I was a a keynote speaker at their Women's Day of Empowerment. And there was this um, one student there and he was so excited because he'd been asking questions the day before to some of the professors. And they're like, we don't have your answers, but Dr. Jen's going to be here tomorrow. And we (laughs) think she does. And he just like kept raising his hand and raising his hand. And he goes, I don't know anywhere else to get these answers in like an honest way. That's not not like this hierarchical or or towing the politically correct line. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you're working on your personal stuff and your relationship stuff, then you really you know to see a sex coach or a counselor or a therapist is perfect because you need to be able to talk about your personal stuff. Otherwise, I mean, there's so many great books out there. Um, there's great podcasts. I mean, if you're learning to learn about sex overall and personal growth, there's so much great free material out there and books. Yeah. Did you bring us presents? Um, I brought lube for you. Oh, <laughs> lube. I got I got pink lube. We're talking and about so much oil. emotional stuff. We didn't dive into the and gun oil. Oh yeah, let's talk about the fun sex stuff. Well, we got to wrap <laughs> it up, unfortunately. Oh, that is perfect for my. Jesus! <clears throat> <laughs> wow. How yeah. Do you feel yeah. about that? <laughs> now it's all it's all good. Wow. Next time we'll, we'll, we'll put it to use. Yeah, we'll get into the physical stuff. Did you say you brought gun oil? Is that what this Yeah, called? it's a lube. Yeah, it's gun yeah. oil and pinned from the same. Oh, my God. The guy that created it, he was in the military. And I okay. think this is what guys used to self-pleasure. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he's like, that can't be healthy. So that's where he got the name from, but actually has healthy ingredients. I'm sure it, it does. Okay. So, With a name like nice. gun, it's got to be good, right, <laughs> right? Well, listen, Dr. Jen will be at the Velvet Lily in Philly today, and that will be from 3 to 6 p.m., and you can come by and get her book, Madness to Mindfulness, Reinventing Sex for Women, and she'll be signing the books, and any questions, I would assume. Can I jump in? Also, also, uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I'll be at Reeds and Company. It's a new independent bookstore in Phoenixville, right right across from the Colonial Theater. Yeah, and so I'll be doing an actual... 
reading event there and Q&A there. So from 7 to 8, and then we'll be meeting for drinks afterwards on awesome. uh, Street. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, Cole, it's great to meet you, Dr. Jen. Likewise. Thanks for Thank you by. so much. Your questions were fantastic. Yeah, Con- thank you. Continued success with this. All right, Dr. Jen Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll return shortly. More of the show to come. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR proudly supports the inaugural Market Street Run for Blue, presented by Wawa. Sunday, October 27th, the event benefits the Philadelphia Police Foundation with a run through historic Old City to 30th Street Station and back for a post-run festival at Penn's Landing, featuring food and beverages courtesy of Wawa, awards for top finishers in multiple age groups, and fun for the whole family. Click events at WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up. Sunday, October 27th. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. We shall now give you some bizarre file stories. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by Gwinnett Mercy University, where you can make a difference and a living. Check out their fall open houses on Saturday, October 19th or Saturday, November 19th. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Saturday, November 9th. Uh, to learn more about their excellent academics, generous scholarships, and deep commitment to service, sign up today at gmercyu.edu. That's gmercyu.edu. Uh, this is straight out of Florida. It's a pretty disturbing story. We're going to start with this. woman was arrested early Friday morning after her parents found a significant amount of pipe bombs in her bedroom. Mm. Yeah, investigators said the parents, 27-year-old Michelle Louise Colts, Called them after the discovery. The sheriff's office bomb squad responded and found two dozen pipe bombs, smokeless pistol powder, fused material, 23 different knives, two hatchets, nunchucks, two BB pellet style rifles, two six BB pellet type type handguns, and dozens of books and DVDs about murder, mass killings, bomb making, and domestic terrorism. You know, girls and their pipe bombs. You know. Uh, Apparently, it said the... uh, Sheriff said it would have taken less than 60 seconds per device to add the powder infused materials she already possessed to detonate each bomb. Jeez. If used, these bombs could have caused catastrophic damage and harm to hundreds, even thousands of people. Deputies found her at her job. She returned home. They said that she admitted to making the pipe bombs and planned to use them to hurt people. She didn't specify how and where she wanted to detonate them, the sheriff had added. So this is going on in her room, and they're, they're just completely unaware. Uh, the only other time deputies responded to the home was in August of 2018 after an online printing company alerted them to that uh, Colts requested several manifests on anarchists and making bombs. Did she give any indication as to what she might have targeted? Uh, no, she targeted. didn't at all. No, uh, she became consumed with uh, the Columbine and Oklahoma killings. Jeez. At that time, she was diagnosed with uh, she wasn't diagnosed with any type of mental health uh, diagnosis. Uh, she st- stated at the time her intentions were not to harm anyone. Her parents said she was a little on the autism spectrum, but deputies felt comfortable that she wasn't a harm to herself or the others. Fast forward a year later, and her parents had turned her in. They said Holy the hell. sheriff was saying it must have been very, very difficult for you know to turn your own yeah. family member in, but they're glad that they did, obviously. So, probably saved a lot of lives. That's scary. A Wisconsin woman convicted of handing out marijuana-infused cookies during a St. Patrick's Day parade was sentenced on Thursday to 80 days in jail. Kathleen Krauss was also fined $100. She pled no contest to two counts. According to the complaint, Krauss attended a parade, and another person at the parade told the deputy she was handing out cookies with marijuana in them. A deputy approached Krauss, 
who uh, was visibly intoxicated. She pulled out a gallon-sized bag of cookie crumbs. Uh, the officer also found gummy candy on Krause and the candy in the cookies. What a parade! Tested it positive for marijuana. How about this? A Louisiana woman is accused of pistol-whipping her husband with a pair of Nerf guns. <laughs> In retaliation for his alleged infidelity. Well, that wouldn't hurt. An Tai Pham, who was arrested late Monday evening at the home she shares with her spouse and their four children. Uh, according to a probable cause affidavit, the victim, who has been married to Pham for 12 years, told police that she initiated a verbal altercation with him over suspected infidelity on his part. The man told investigators that without warning, Pham brandished two plastic Nerf guns and began hitting him with them. You you know that doesn't hurt, right? Uh, the victim said she then fled the re- he then fled the residence with Pham chasing him down the road. A cop noted observing minor cuts and scrapes on the man's face and left arm. When police arrived at the home, Pham was in the driveway holding two small plastic Nerf guns. After being read her rights, Pham reportedly admitted attacking her husband in retaliation for his alleged infidelity. Pham was arrested for domestic battery and child endangerment. So I guess if your fist is balled up as you're holding the Nerf pistol, you could be causing some damage. Yeah, maybe. Authorities in Peru say that they've detained a ship carrying 12.3 million dried seahorses. Whoa! With a $6 million export value in an unprecedented operation. So who's buying the seahorses? Peruvian Marines followed the ship for several days before intercepting it about 200 miles off the Pacific coast. On board, authorities found 55 boxes filled with seahorses in what Peruvians say is the largest such capture on record. Four crew members were also detained and face up to five years in prison each. What is the seahorse captain? <laughs> seahorse seashell party? Yes. Who didn't invite me? Why didn't I get invited, seahorse, sea hell? What is this? Get real. I'm in love with seahorses. Wow. Thank you. Uh, throughout the years... Was the, it that guy? It, it may Must have, have been. It may have been. Throughout the um, the years, the sea creature has been illegally brought for use in Chinese medicine. Oh. Uh, Take two so, seahorses and call me in the morning. What is this, seahorse captain? Uh, but concerns about declining populations have... <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Have led men, many countries to uh, implement export bans on seahorses. What, seahorse seashell party? Yeah. Authorities <laughs> announced that uh, the latest Operation Tuesday and say that the seahorses will be donated to investigative centers. Who didn't invite me? And uh, local universities for research. Why didn't I get invited? Seahorse <laughs> seahell? What is this? Get real. I'm in love with seahorses. Mm. I'm in love with them. They're so beautiful and cute. I'm in love with the seahorses. They're f- unreal. I love them. <laughs> I, I have to say I like them, too. I miss that audio. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Oh, how about this, man? Uh, employees at a main hospital, main being the state. Not right. Like now, the, you're my main hospital. Right. Yeah. That's my main That's hospital. That's my main hospital. Uh, they created a wall of shame where they displayed confidential medical records of disabled patients in 2016. Well, that can only help. The records detailed sexual activity, private yeah. body parts, and bodily functions of patients at St. Mary's Regional Medical Center. St. Mary said in a statement, it is fully committed to ensuring that this doesn't happen again. Uh, Michaela Mc- I would say so. Yeah. Michaela McCann, an employee who has been treated at the hospital, said at least two workers also looked at her private medical records. And after a leave of absence, she returned and felt her co-workers were treating her differently. She reported uh, her suspicions 
and the existence of the wall of shame to the hospital administrators in September of 2016. The shame wall was removed after four months, by the way, according to the report, although the hospital said it was removed in weeks. Where was the shame wall exactly? I don't know. Well, Mc- as, you, as you pull in? Uh, McCann, who has a disability, believed that she was being discriminated against for months. She suffered an abusive environment where co-workers harassed her. Uh-huh. One person involved was fired and another was given a warning. McCann left in January of 2017, describing the workplace conditions as, as intolerable in her resignation letter. So, so they're all reading the medical mm-hmm. records? That's messed up. That's it's like taking her to the bathroom and reading people's... Yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> you have any good medical records to read? All right, let me see if I have... Uh, let me see if I can find a short story here. Um, how about... Oh, man, these are all long stories. And I only have a minute left. Let's just okay. read half of one. Here we go. Uh, according to deputies, a woman was worried that her methamphetamine was unsafe, so she called the sheriff's office. Yeah. Deputies say that Jennifer Hall called dispatch, and when deputies arrived, she pulled out a bag of meth. According to the deputy, she said, I want this dope tested. (laughs) Hall thought the meth was tainted with another drug, according to the sheriff's office. I have my concerns. (laughs) Deputies arrested her and charged her with a possession of a controlled substance. So they're not going to check it. There might be something unhealthy in my meth. Right, exactly. And there you go. That's what I have for you. In the bizarre file for now. All right, uh, Gemini Man, we have a screening of this. It is tomorrow night. It's at the Regal King of Prussia, and it will be at 730. And if you'd like to go, you need to be there by 7, and you need to be one of the next five callers at 215-263-WMMR. Call now. Now, let's make that seven callers. 215-263-WMMR. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we have a few things. We haven't done the emoji code yet. Chances are we'll get a winner shortly, so get yourself set for that. We'll be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let me ask a lesson question. Today we are going to give away a digital download of Disney and Pixar's Toy Story 4. So the question that I ask of you this morning is what year was the Just Stayin' Sayin' Institute founded? It's a fact. 215-263-WMMR. What year was the Just Sayin' Institute founded? If you were listening earlier... And you heard it. You should call in right now because we've got a prize on this end waiting for you. 215-263-WMMR. While we're waiting for that answer, the Hollywood trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood trash. And this morning, brought to you by the one and only Steve Morrison. Steve, oh my God. what's going on? Well, Miley Cyrus telling TMZ that she got spooked over how fast a relationship with Caitlin Carter was moving along. And that is why she ended it. Cyrus says they had just met, and before she knew it, she was in it up to her wrist. Oh, my God. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Former Boy Meets World star Maitland Ward. Have you seen this Maitland Ward? I've been following Maitland Ward on social media for a while now. Nick actually uh, brought her to my attention. Well, she's insisting her move to porn films has actually helped her career, saying she's getting lots of interest. In fact, Ward says she's currently fielding offers from some of Hollywood's top Pimps. Oh, my. And finally, former Bachelorette star and male model Tyler Cameron saying he is focusing on himself after his much publicized split with supermodel Gigi Hadid. 
Cameron says he's finally making time to do the things he's always wanted to do, like learn how to operate an elevator. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we'll see if you've been paying attention this morning. The question is, is what year is the Just Stay In Institute founded? 215-263-WMMR, the number. I'll go to Mike for the answer. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Camel kisses. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I like that. Camel what? Kisses. Camel kisses. Camel kisses. (laughs) All right, Mike, do me a favor and uh, tell me what year the Just Saying Institute was founded. Uh, it was 1928. 20. Yes. <laughs> a great year. Hang on, Mike. There's yeah, a classic right. picture of the groundbreaking ceremony, Brett. We are, what's that now? There's a classic picture of the groundbreaking ceremony. I haven't seen that oh, yet. Yeah. We have a digital download of Disney and Pixar's Toy Story 4, which is available on digital in 4K Ultra HD, HD, and movies everywhere now. Uh, and on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD tomorrow slash now. Why don't you sit, just read the letters? I'm just reading it. It's it. I, I'm not going to worry about it. Let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! I had three testicles. Too goddamn tired to yeah. care. All right. It's good, though. It's good news for everyone. Music news brought to you by the Pennsylvania Ear Institute of Salis University. The Pennsylvania Ear Institute offers quality care uh, for your hearing and balance needs, and their expert audiologists are going to help you hear your best. For more information, visit salisuhealth.com slash PEI. Mentioned this earlier this morning, but legendary cream drummer Ginger Bacon. Oh, my God, I called him Ginger Bacon. I just called him Ginger Bacon. Ginger freaking bacon. Rest in peace. This weekend at IHOP, in honor of the legendary band Cream, Ginger Bacon. Ask for them on short stacks or large stacks. Ginger Bacon. He will be missed. Uh, yeah. And I'm a drummer. Yeah. Ginger Bacon. Wow. Ginger Baker. Oh. In the kitchen. He, uh, in the frying pan. Ginger Bacon. Ginger Baker died yesterday. Uh, he was 80 years old. We had mentioned last week that the family had posted a message uh, saying that he was gravely ill. But they did post a message to fans on Twitter stating, We are very sad to say... The ginger has passed away peacefully this morning. Thank you to everyone for your kind words to uh, uh, to us all the over the past weeks. Family announced last month that he was hospitalized and critically ill. Uh, Baker had been diagnosed with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, in addition to chronic back pain from a degenerative uh, case of osteoarthritis. So here is a guy who is the classic, you know, chain smoking. Oh yeah. Alcoholic, and yep. uh, he, 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 you know, he, he wore himself down over the years. Uh, back in 2013, Ginger had told Rolling Stone that his uh, health was, quote, not good. It's troubling at the end of the gig. I'm absolutely exhausted. I've got degenerative osteoarthritis, uh, which is extremely painful, and I'm on a regimen uh, with a health service pain management control. Apart from that, I've got COPD from smoking. Uh, he lived a hard life, man. Very he hard. He partied and, real and, hard. And was a hard guy. He was yeah. just unpleasant. And the documentary on him, uh, Beware of Mr. Baker, uh, Mr. Baker yeah. highlights that. And he was unapologetic. But, uh, you know, it's the funny thing was is that he, uh, what was he, he was living in Africa right at the end, right? Yeah, he was based out of West Africa. Yeah. Uh, subject of that uh, documentary, as you mentioned, Beware of Mr. Baker, would shed light on his tough and, at times, 
misanthropic personality, which underscored some of the problems his bandmates in Cream and Blind Faith had with him. Uh, he was married four times, has three adult children. Um, he was uh, he began drumming at 15 with his first professional job serving as Charlie Watts' replacement in Alexis Corner Blues Incorporated. Uh, Baker moved on to the Graham Bond organization, uh, which also featured Cream bassist Jack Bruce, who he was actually fired by Baker from the group. But Baker Bruce and Eric Clapton formed Cream in 1966 with the band uh, folding three years later. Uh, Cream released four beloved and groundbreaking albums during their three-year tenure, followed by four post-breakup live sets. The band's main albums, Fresh Cream, uh, Disraeli Gears, Wheels of Fire, and Goodbye marked a shift uh, between beat-based English pop and more revolutionary sounds, which paved the way uh, for the Jimi Hendrix experience and Led Zeppelin. Uh, shortly before his death, Jack Bruce uh, credited Ginger Baker with the original idea to form Cream with Eric Clapton in 1966. So it was his idea. So just a small body of work, but the songs are so iconic. Yep. You know, in rock. And uh, he was the original choice for Balky. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Perfect Strangers. Wow. Yeah. And they went and brought some pictures. Well, they thought he was too negative. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Following Cream's... I come from a place called Meatbows, uh, you jackass. Following uh, Cream's 1969 split, Baker strong-armed his way into Clapton's short-lived supergroup Blind Faith with Steve Woodwood. Another great band. And Rick Gretsch. And from there, he started Ginger Baker's Air Force, which uh, featured former Moody Blues frontman and future Wings co-founder Denny Lane. Uh, 1993, Baker was inducted as part of Cream into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in 2005, the band reunited for seven concerts at London's Royal Albert Hall and New York City's Madison Square Garden. I saw some of those clips. They were great, man. Well, like he would, behind the drums, he came alive. But like you see him prepping for a show or waiting for a show, the footage of him, he's almost always in a recliner, like looking semi-dead. Yeah. Uh, in 2006, Cream received a Grammy Award for Lifetime Achievement. Uh, Jack uh, Bruce had died in 2014. And there's loads of celebs that are, uh, especially from the rock world, that are lending their condolences and memories. Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Mick Jagger, Steve Winwood, Brian Wilson, Carl Palmer, Steve Van Zant, and the list goes Andy on. Andy Dick. Andy Dick. You know, he loved Ginger Baker. <laughs> of course he did. No, it was cool to see Portnoy's uh, tribute. I mean, he, he had a huge impact on what Mark, Mike Portnoy yeah. became as a drummer. Yeah. Uh, so, and a lot of that is up on uh, PrestonandSteve.com and WMMR.com, the tribute uh, from Steve Winwood as well. So if you want to read more. What's your take on him? Uh, you, you, he, he was great. Yeah. Um, he, was, he considered himself more a jazz drummer than he did a rock drummer. It was important to him to fit into the jazz world. Yeah. And he, ended up, uh, he ended up befriending one of the all-time greats, a guy named Elvin Jones, and he was... He was uh, Baker was blown away that that he was able to be in company with people like that. Right. So he was he was happy to be. He was great. I didn't play Cream stuff personally on the drums, but always admired it quite a bit. So, um, but uh, sad news: eighty years old, lived a full life, man. Uh, it's been a battle, but Metallica has won the long-standing fight over the trademark for clothing and footwear that bears their name. A chilly Supreme Court honored the group's request to uh, annul. Horacea Why didn't they turn the heat up? Mardones's trademark of their name. Not chilly like that, chilly in the country. Oh. It's goddamn cold in here. Initially, they lost... Where the, is Supreme Court? An attempt to oppose... 
Can we afford a little more heat? The registration of the brand in 2012. Metallica argued that uh, he was using the registration in bad faith. They also had clashed with other parties of over infringement issue infringement issues. Uh, Twenty years ago, they sued Victoria's Secret after it sold a <clears throat> lipstick line called Metallica. And about ten years ago, Neiman Marcus launched a perfume with the name, and a furniture maker in Waco, Texas, had a name, a business name, Metallica. Yeah, try that Metallica recliner there. So that <laughs> ain't that a pip? Apparently, all been that's uh, like the rock band there. That recliner has all been uh, taken care of. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots' new album is finished. Wow. They're done with it. According to singer Jeff Good. he and his bandmates were only supposed to record an EP, but that quickly changed. He said it ended up becoming a whole record because <clears throat> we just had so much going on. Uh, we had so much inspiration happening at the time, so it ended up becoming a whole record, which changed the whole plan of everything we were doing. I wonder how it sounds. The album is not expected until sometime next year, but in the meantime, the band will reissue Purple later this month in commemoration with the band's 25th anniversary. There was the one song that sounded pretty good, right, that we were playing for a while? Yeah, I, I liked the, uh, I forgot what the, the title of the track was, but I liked it. Uh, let's see here. A new album from Ghost is in the future, but Tobias Force says the nameless ghouls will not be on it. There'll be in, no ghouls? In an interview, yeah. The, There's going to be no ghouls on the next album. The vocalist said, if I'm not going to ask everyone to do their part, then what's the point? I don't want to segregate people. I don't want to favor people. If I'm not asking anyone, then I don't want to ask anyone. <laughs> See, that, that, that's a scary goal. He explained that... Uh, In time for Halloween. Basically, the band members have their own solo careers and are doing other things. Hmm. Uh, he wants to give them time away from Ghost. Uh, and he also said that he has... Go home now. Be with your family. Musicians he wants to record with, including a favorite drummer that's never toured with the band. He locked it in, man. Though he took all the sword, he took all the the, the legal preparation. Yep. I mean, Ghost is him. Yep, he is Ghost. He is. And then one last story. Soon you'll be able to have morning coffee with Green Day. The band will launch the new Java in February called Oakland, dubbed as the father of all dark roasts. Uh, Green Day took a social took to social media to elaborate. They posted in honor of National Coffee Day. We present you, the father of all mother-effing roast. Huh. Darkest of the dark, yet shockingly smooth. Oakland Coffee, it will kick your ass and soothe your soul. Pre-order it now. We just got... The band is a double couple? It was almost a double couple. The band is selling the coffee in a bundle which includes a download of their new single as well as their next album. We got promotional coffee from um, this new show where the uh, the guy who works at the <gasps> sperm bank has impregnated all these other people. It's it's really, a Fox show, right? Right. Promotional yeah. coffee. And I think this is the new thing. We should have our own coffee. I was thinking there. about that, too. Right? Yeah. It'd be pretty cool if we did that. By the way, I, I laughed because it says <laughs> here, it includes a download of their new single as well as, well as their next album, <laughs> it says a bag of coffee. I'm like, wait a minute. The name of the next album is a bag, bag of, of coffee. coffee. <laughs> no from Green Day. A bag of coffee. <laughs> Follow up to their last album, Bundle of Laundry. <laughs> the mother of all. Or wait, no, yeah. it's uh, the Father of All. Coffee. No, the father of all. Father of All is the name of their album. Uh, bag of coffee. <laughs> And, uh, and- <laughs> well, we got 
some music for you. Uh, all of thirty, all of that costs thirty dollars. Delivery will be in February. All right, I'm done. That's it. That's all I have in music mm-hmm. news for you. You're spent, really. Now we need to find out what the emoji code is. Do you know? Have you checked? And uh, if so, you need to go on the phone line and let us know. We'll take caller number 18 at 215-263-WMMR who gets to let us know what the emoji code is. If you get it right, then we are going to set you up some tickets for the home opener with the Flyers on Wednesday night. I think you'd have to have some moderately good skills at emoji solving for this one. Mm-hmm. And this is courtesy of our friends at Duncan, who remind you that there is going to be free SEPTA rides powered by Duncan on the way home from the game on Wednesday night. The NRG station on the Broad Street line will be free. Seven thirty for uh, starts seven thirty for uh, two hours post game. So keep that in mind. That's on Wednesday. But let's see if you know. Call number eighteen. You got to know the emoji code. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty honey. You know the time is Shine down. Ghosts. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We're winning is not over yet. We still got several things to go to. One of them being our emoji code. And Casey set this up once again. He is by far. He's uh, he is the mastermind of emojis. He's in, a beautiful mind in our department. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he was the what was it? Who was that? Russell um, Crowe. Yeah, but uh, who is the who is he portraying? Uh, John Nash. John Nash. He's the John Nash of yeah. the Preston and Steve show. Casey is so. Uh, hang on. Where's our here? It is emoji code music. Oh, that right. one. All right. So we were looking for somebody to identify what Casey was spelling out, and if this person can do it correctly, then they are going to win tickets to see. On the home opener of the Flyers game, which is on Wednesday. So let's go to Matt, who is calling number 18. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Wonderful. Matt, if you can give me the emoji code, we can give you some tickets. What is the code, please? First, can I just say, Kathy, I love your fall. Jasmine, I can run it. <laughs> wow. wow. Well done, Matt. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. All right, what's the code? Orange. That's not even a word. Close enough. Yeah. Technically, it's orange. That's not even a word. But you got it, man. We're going to give you tickets to the game. All right, man? That's a winner. Yeah. All right, Matt, hang on the line. We'll get your information. We're going to take care of you. The game is Wednesday night. It is the Flyers' uh, home opener. At the Wells Fargo Center. And this is courtesy of our friends at Duncan. Duncan, by the way, is giving free SEPTA rides home this Wednesday from NRG Station on the Broad Street line after the Flyers' home opener. Free SEPTA rides powered by Duncan. And free rides begin at 7.30 p.m. and run two hours post-game. And another cool thing that's coming up, we're not done with this yet. You can join the MM Army and Connor, our programming assistant uh, from the President and Steve Show, this Wednesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., at SEPTA's NRG station at Broad and Patterson. And there's a chance to win home ticket opener, uh, home opener tickets as well and have some free coffee and donuts from Duncan. That's great. And that particular morning, you're going to need to remember that. O-range, it's not even a word because that's going to be a special code. We'll use that morning to get you in the running to win some tickets for the game that night. There you go. There you go. Sounds good. All right, nice. Uh, thank you to our guests on the program, uh, Brandon Graham. Yeah. Woo-hoo. 
Three sacks in the game yesterday, and after the first sack, <laughs> per Casey's request, because we had interviewed him last week, he did the Pee Wee Herman dance. <laughs> and he did it for all to see, and he did it for Casey Boy. Uh, and I tell you what, he's one of the nicest guys. Super man. nice. Uh, so he called in this morning just to uh, react on that a little bit. So uh, thank you, Brandon Graham. <laughs> the fact that Fletcher Cox and the other players were yelling, do Pee Wee? Yeah, Pee Wee. Like, Pee Wee, Pee Wee, do Pee Wee. <laughs> yeah. He's been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was awesome. It's Thank so you to Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. The Neighborhood's on tonight, 8 p.m. on CBS3. And last but not least, our sex chat, Dr. Jen Gonzalez. Yeah. Dr. Jen is going to be somewhere today from 3 to 6. It's not on my information sheet. Where right is there. it? That was a great conversation. Velvet Lily? The Velvet, the Velvet Lily. 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 Lily in Philly. In Philly. 12th and Chestnut. 3 to 6 today. You enjoy that, Pierre? I did. Is that Dr. That's Jen? Dr. Yeah. That's Dr. Yeah. Jen on the right, yep. I have one of those. <laughs> no, you don't have that one. You don't have that one. I have that one. You do? Oh, he does. Oh, wow. Okay. I take it back. Yeah. Very good. I, I got it. Uh... <laughs> I got it in China. <laughs> anyway, um, good day. Good How to you, you, sir. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful, Excellent. man. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, yeah, restful, good. Nice. Enjoyable, you? Good. I had fun. I went to the Offspring show um, and uh, had a good time over there. And it was in the mosh pit and uh, quite enjoyed it. Did you make it over to uh, no. In the Pocket? Well, I did, but I got a flat tire on <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my uh, God. So, um I haven't had great car luck, but... Uh, you haven't had great mass transit luck. No, I haven't. Nothing. Um, but, um, so I was actually got out of the offspring early enough that I could have made it to the in the pocket, and then I got a flat tire, so uh, I just called it a night and cut my losses and went home and had some wine. There you go. Yeah. That's the way to do That's it. That's sometimes what you've got to do, kid. Yep, yep. All right, we have a new trip to give away for Word of the Week. You ready for the letter, my man? Yo. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... J is in joint. All right. Fair enough. J is in joint. And a trip for two to Los Angeles for the premiere screening of Terminator Dark Fate on October 28th, including two nights lodging in Hollywood. A Paramount Picture Studio Tour, $500 in spending money and more. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate hits Sears <laughs> hits on November 1st, so we'll give that away on Friday. Uh, what's happening on the program today, my man? Well, I will have, uh, I guess we're one more week of Money Shark, right? Yes. So this is our final week. This is it. Five chances a day for people to win 1000 uh 8 a.m., uh, 11 a.m., 1 p.m., and then with Jackson, 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. So a lot of folks, a lot of... Um, don't tell the company, but a lot of people have won from MMR. Yeah, yeah. Most of the nationwide contest winners are from Philly, and most of those are from MMR. So we're uh, honored uh, that that is the case. And um, we'll have five more opportunities today, or four more opportunities today. And then the rest of the week, we also have the Free Music Monday of Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury to give away. I got more Black Keys tickets to give away and workforce blocks of uh, Incubus because they're in town tonight. For their second evening at the Met, by the way, they were at the uh, Phillies, the Eagles thing yesterday. The oh, game? Most of the Eagles, I mean, most of the Incubus guys were at the no uh, Eagles game. There were yeah. a lot of people there yesterday. Uh, were there? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of famous people besides the two teams playing. Oh, cool. But uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, apparently Bradley Cooper was there. Wow. Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr was 
Was he there? In, in spirit? Okay. About Raymond Burr. <laughs> they were all there. Yeah, okay. Two dead guys were there. All right. Uh, anyway, um, so they had a great time at the uh, Eagle show. And now, That's cool. Uh, the Incubus show is tonight. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll have Mellencamp for his birthday today. And uh, in the honor of uh, Ginger Baker, we will do a block of cream. Uh, extraordinary drumming in those days. Did you ever meet Ginger Baker? Never. Mm. Um, I-, I heard all the same stories you guys were talking about. And I had wondered what Preston thought of his drumming. So I'm glad you asked Preston what he had thought of his drumming. Because uh, there are some solos that he did on the Wheels of Fire album, which is the uh, one or two sides of it is live. And he does this extended i mean it's like a 20 minute drum solo <laughs> and uh a friend of mine turned me on to it back in those days a long time ago and it's unbelievable yeah yeah and he was the first one of the first rock guys to take solos really yeah yeah absolutely all right thank you pierre and i want to thank our sponsors president steve show brought to you today by winter airport parking fest way in and out of philly international airport also, Chorus Photography, the official photographers of the Preston and Steve Show. Armor, Metals, and Recycling for all your metal and computer recycling needs. And also, Wilmington University. Uh, experience the WilmU difference by visiting wilmu.edu. Tomorrow should be cool, man. Neil deGrasse Tyson will be on the show. Astrophysicist extraordinaire. And Clancy Brown. Ah! Mr. Krabs of uh, SpongeBob and also, of course, Shawshank Redemption and a lot of other great movies. So he's going to be on the awesome. Um, as we leave, I'm going to give away our free Music Monday prize. I didn't do it earlier. Call number seven. You get Sturgill Simpson, uh, Sound and Fury, a digital download of that. It's the new album. 215-263-WMMR features a single sing-along out now from Electra Music Group. That's it. We're done. Rage on. And have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Come with me and you'll see a world of OSHA violations. Next message. So I took my daughter to see her first Eagles game today. And what did I see? Brandon Graham getting a sack and doing the Pee Wee Herman dance just for Casey. Go Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S! Eagles! Next message. We're in traffic. So the fact that you're checking your mail, physical paper pieces of mail, I know you don't have anything to do with your day. You're going to go home. You're going to watch Matlock. But I got places to get to. So put it the f*** down, read it later when you're with your f***ing friends and have some coffee, whatever the f*** you're going to do with your afternoon, because you're 100 f***ing years old. Please, stop, or, or just don't drive during f***ing rush hour. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.